Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Slam Fire Radio, episode 194. I am your host, Brian Sheets. That's right, episode 194 of Slam Fire Radio 2.0. I'm driving <laughs> the train tonight, kids. And guess who's not with us? McClatchy. Under the bus with him already. Under All right, let's do this. Let's start this. All right. First, what we did in guns. This is what we always do. It's Trevor, start us off. All right, man. And let me say, it's refreshing to have somebody on who's enthusiastic, not like, you know, Matthew, but I I digress. Um, So my 22 uh, projects continue. I ordered a Boyd's SS Evolution stock for my 597. This is the probably their freakiest looking stock. It's kind of a pistol grip, but not really. It's got a a funny little built-in fore-end. Uh, got it in sky blue, so it's uh, it's a really nice, and they're laminated, so it's a bunch of different shades of blue. So um, I, there was I saw a picture when I was looking, um, just looking them up to see how five nine sevens looked in this stock, and there was one that just was just like, yep, that's the gun I'm going to build. Except they had the the receiver painted blue, and that was a little bit too much blue for me. I'm going to leave my receiver black, see how it looks. But it had the same barrel as mine, but in stainless. So I brought my barrel to the local gunsmith and said, can you polish the satin bluing off of this? He's like, I can make that barrel look like a mirror if you want me to. (laughs) I'm like, well, stop short of that. But anyway, I picked it up today. You don't want to see your reflection. Well, this is it, right? I mean, shiny is good, but I don't need to see myself. That's why I do a podcast, not a radio show. I know what I look like. Face for radio, my man. Yeah, man. Recognize your limitations. (laughs) Work with your strengths, right? That's right. So that's what, yeah. Um, I also brought, what's that, Kelly? I was going to say, it's very shiny. I saw pictures of it. Yeah. Yeah. It is very shiny. You could probably see yourself in it. Well, no, I checked. And I was like, oh, stop right there. I can almost <laughs> see myself. So, uh, but now there's no finish on that. So mm-hmm. it's susceptible to rust. So the first thing I did when I t- took it home was take one of my ballastol wipes and put a, put a layer of, uh, of oil on it. So if you touch it, it's kind of greasy. But um, while it's in storage, I'm going to leave the oil on it. And I'll just wipe it off when I go to the range and then put a little bit more on when I get home. So uh, I don't really know what the humidity levels are like. I'm keeping it upstairs and upstairs in the cave is heated, but still, uh, I don't want to take any chances. Uh, what else? Oh, uh, we had a snow day on Monday. So I, uh, yeah, brass prep all day, loaded ammo all day, uh, worked on my reloading bench. It was awesome. I loaded up some test loads with 178 grain AMAX. My rifle likes, um, 168 and i'm trying to push it heavier all the time so i can stretch it out even farther so load up some 178 and some 190 um a listener sent me a box of sierra 190 match kings to try out yeah so i loaded some test loads with that can't wait and then i finally got 
down to figuring out my Wilson neck turner. So this neck turning device, what it does is it it uh, it mills almost like a lathe the outside of your case neck where the bullet gets pressed in. And the reason it does that is to uh, make it uniform and symmetrical and not and not symmetrical, concentric, and take off any high spots so that when you um, resize it, you're getting even pressure around the neck. When you seat the bullet, it's going to have even pressure around the neck so that it'll have even pressure when the, uh, when the round is fired. And I wasn't sure how to adjust it correctly, how much to take off from one batch to the next. So I looked up a couple of videos and I just figured out that, okay, I'm going to take a lot of Winchester brass and I'm going to click on the adjustment dial until it cuts just enough to take off the high spots. So it doesn't even it take like off. sounds like you almost need like a machining class to work with this thing. Is that, is that what I'm getting? I mean, that's kind of where I'm feeling. Is that okay? For, I mean, the, mo- for the normal person who has like all <laughs> cylinders firing and the IQ is in double digits. No, for me, maybe. <laughs> okay. So yeah. what I did was I, I, I adjusted it till it would take, you know, I mean, when it's adjusted, it's going to take the same amount off of every case. That's that's all there is to it. But for my thirty out six, I found that uh, it was one click less than my three hundred eight. And for uh, if I was going to do three hundred eight in federal, if I left the adjustment the same as it was set for the Winchester brass, then it was taking off way too much. So different brass is has different thicknesses and you don't have to make your federal brass neck the same size as your winchester brass neck because you're not mixing those two anyway you're keeping all your case heads separately or separated so i i figured out how much i had to adjust to take off the little bit that i wanted to take off on a couple of different brands of brass and a couple of different calibers and then i just wrote those adjustments down so from now on after i've got like 300 loaded rounds of 308 that need to be fire formed to my chamber so i'll fire form them all and then i will cut the necks down or turn the necks down using the same adjustment that i did on the all the other winchester brass so in the end all of my winchester brass will have the necks all turned to the same amount so um, uh, way too complicated (laughs) well it's 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 when you're trying to shoot a mile right these yeah, are all the extra little yeah. steps that you have to take. Yeah, I did that. I mean, what, Jesus, that's just, that's anal. Yeah, well, I, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm all about it, you know. I just like to uh, get down to all those little details. So. Yeah, you're also OCD. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It made yeah, you happy, I, didn't it? It did, Kelly. It did. <laughs> it did. See? <laughs> I, I went know to you. so many podcasts on Monday. It was crazy. And then, um, so Muffin lost the powder funnel for his um, powder measure on his Dylan 550 for his 223 tool head. So without the powder measure, you can't activate, or sorry, without the powder funnel that goes inside the powder measure, you can't throw powder into the case. So being the good friend that I am, I lent him mine. So on Monday, I wanted to set my press up to um, reload some of that thousand rounds of two, two, three that I had to pull over the winter. Mm. Just kind of put it all back together. (laughs) Pulled it because of the OCD. So anyway, uh, so I go, I go looking for this part. I can't find it anywhere. Son of a bitch! So I call him up. Yeah, Jason, can I get that part back from you at work tomorrow? Just bring it to work, and I'll stop by and get it. He's like, No. What do you mean, no? He said, I already gave it back to you like a month ago. And all of a sudden, it hits me. I vaguely remember two things. One, him giving it back to me. 
And two, me saying, hey, look, there's that part. I better get it into my powder measure soon before I lose it. Well, I lost it. And then I lost it while looking for it. And I mean, throwing stuff and cussing and anyway. <laughs> so if you go back to the 1022 story, Muffin gave me the receiver that went through the house fire. And he's like, don't worry about it. Just take mm -hmm. it. So I ordered two. I ordered one for me and one for him so that I wouldn't have to, uh, he wouldn't have to borrow mine again and vice versa. Aww. So, so anyway, um, but I ordered them from a new company called X Reload and I'm very impressed right from the website to the customer service, to the speed of shipping. Then they send you another email. Would you like to review the product? So X Reload in Canada, guys, if you're looking for uh, a place to get some reloading equipment. Yeah. I've got, and the next thing I did on Monday was I set up a, um, a kind of a, a different way to, I have multiple presses and only so much real estate on my bench. And the best spot on my bench to mount a press is of course, right in the middle. So what I did was, uh, I attached, I took some, a sheet of plywood and I ripped it in eight by eight little squares and mounted, I drilled four holes and right through my bench and brought bolts up through the bottom and it's right over the, right over the uh, there's a two by four running down the middle of the bench and a two by four running across the front of the bench and then under that i've got a four by four post to really stiffen things up so i mounted the plate there and um then i got some bolts from the hardware store with uh they were um not a button head screw but a uh oh Brian, help me out here. The concave, you got to countersink the hole to get them to sit flush. Or oh, like a called. pan head kind of a thing, so that they, they go in uh, flat with the top of the table. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, yeah, uh, I think bought, he's got it. Yeah, I bought yeah. a counters, countersink. Countersink. Bit. Yeah, I bought a countersink bit and I uh, countersunk them into the bottom of that, of that plywood plate and then screwed the presses using those bolts to those plates. So now, whenever I want to use my turret press, I just unbolt four bolts, remove the press, my single stage press that's mounted to a plate, put it underneath the workbench and then throw the, uh, throw the, um, turret press on in its place. And speaking of the turret press, while I was doing all this, I dropped it on the floor and smashed the powder measure off, which is a blessing in disguise because my turret press is like 25 years old. I got it with a big bunch of reloading stuff I bought last year and it's the old school three hole turret press. And I wanted to upgrade it to the four hole. So this was the initiative, the incentive rather to upgrade it to the four hole. And so a couple of things are going to happen. One, I ordered their new upgraded powder measure system. The old one I had uses, uses the auto disc and these discs are ridiculous. They've got numbers on them, which correspond to a chart with, with goes with uh, a number four, auto disc with this powder is this many grains with this powder it's this many grains it's just ridiculous anyway um they have a new more uh, modern system of a, a charge bar that has a micro adjust knob on it right to replace the auto disc so i ordered the upgraded powder measure system not gonna have to deal with the auto disc anymore and i up and i ordered the uh, conversion kit for the floor hole turret tool head which also comes with an auto index auto indexing rod so from now on whenever i crank the handle my tool head will auto index so i don't know if you mentioned uh, trevor what brand press did you have that's the turret is this the lee yes yeah, sorry it's the lee yep okay yeah the lee the lee three hole and i'm upgrading it basically to the to the new classic turret four hole so huh. 
Yeah. Um, the next, and I realized afterwards there's something else I could order that will allow me to use the same priming system that I use on my single stage, uh, which will speed things up a lot. Cause right now there's just a T shaped bar and you actually hand feed the primer into it. And if it's large primer, it's one side, if it's small primer, it's the other side. So that's getting replaced. And what is else the, did it? Is the priming system on it, uh, is, or is the one that you're replacing, does it use the, the pan kind of primer uh, holder that goes out the back? Like the yeah, Pro 1000 does? Yeah. Don't yep. bother. Do not bother well, with that thing. It works on my single stage, and I watched the videos. Maybe we're not talking about the same. because so the, uh, the Pro 1000 has this, uh, has this disc of primers that kind of holds out back. And it slowly feeds in underneath the press into the uh, uh, into the, the primer feedway, I guess. Yeah. Um, problem being, it gets jammed up all the time, and then you end up getting powder that falls into your primer feedway from because you missed a primer, which jams up the primers and makes it even worse. I I hate the Pro One Thousand. I hate the priming system on it. Mm. No, that's not what it is at all. Then. It's Good. the same, the same <laughs> primer, yeah, same primer, primer feeding system that they use on their single stage presses. You have a um, a primer feed system that's actually into the ram itself. When you raise the ram, you push your primer feeding system forward. Oh, that with, one's all right. Yeah. 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 Well, it's well, it's, it's it'll do. <laughs> it's yeah. not perfect either. It's but, not uh, fast, and and the the clicker thing on them isn't uh, like isn't super great, but. Meh. Especially when you get down to like there's two or three primers left in there, yeah. it, it's like they don't want to move forward unless there's forty sitting on top. So yeah, yep. And then I picked up my um, ten twenty two parts came in. Some of them came in. The original factory parts came in, but my Volkorts and parts from Brownells I'm still waiting on. But at least I was able to assemble the camo stock Cerakoted ten twenty two. So this is just going to be a plain little carbine with uh, iron sights and not putting an optic on it or anything. Uh, and it's all together, ready to go, sitting in the corner. A certain apple seed princess may or may not have put a sling and some uh, swivel studs in the mail for me. So uh. huge shout out to Stacy. She, it's like her seeing a 1022 without a grand sling on it hurts her <laughs> as much as me seeing tap going in SKS. Like I could almost feel the twitch in her eye when she's like, why is there no sling on your gun? I don't have a sling. I'll help you. So the sling came in. Yeah. yeah. She's so, an amazing lady. She yep. has extras and she'll help anybody. I just said that. And now everybody's going to be called. Oh. Yeah. What's it? Crap. Stacey's giving free slings. To no, she's not. Don't say that. Hey, she <laughs> gave me a gun when she came hey. down the Oh. I'm down to uh, Appleseed down here. She, uh, gave, she let me borrow her gun the first time. So, oh, that's I mean, right. Yeah. Hmm. It's a nice gun. Yeah. Hmm. Brian, yes. remember everything is a contest, okay? You're, you are absolutely. All right, good. Let's carry <laughs> on. Um, I'm just saying, more on that later, Brian. Okay. Uh, what else? Oh, and then last night, I look, I'm, I'm hooked on this new gunsmith uh, refinishing guns. Like, I actually have a list right now of all the guns that I have that I want to get a little something done, you know? Oh, this one's not exactly perfect. Hey, you know, I could really use a new parkerizing job on my 870 so the barrel and the receiver all match perfectly and there's a little bit of wear here. And, well, geez, I could get my TAC-21 chassis parkerized because it's got a scratch on it. Like, it doesn't stop. It doesn't <laughs> stop. He's done two 1022s for me. <laughs> then he's he's repaired the front side on my 44 Magnum. Can you believe it? I actually brought this guy my 44 Magnum. But I removed the wooden grips and left them home. And I'm like, you see this, dude? 
I actually took the grips off because I don't want them getting scratched in your shop because I don't want to burn your shop down. It's just how, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, so I went there this afternoon to pick up my 10 to, or my 597 barrel and he had my 44 Magnum in the, in the, in the uh, vice. He's pouring a new front sight. Um, I don't know what part to call it, but the Smith and Weston pistols, uh, the factory sites have a, uh, a resin epoxy insert into the front blade. It's not just a piece of plastic that you can snap in or out. It's actually poured epoxy. You have to mix up the epoxy and add the color, and then you put the two shims on the front blade, and then you literally pour the epoxy in, let it cure, and then carefully shape it. Mm. So he calls me over to look at the nice job he's done on the front sight, and the first thing I say to him is, why is my gun not covered? Like, it's on <laughs> your workbench. Shouldn't it be wrapped up in a, a diaper, anything? <laughs> like lamb skin like you don't understand scratch this gun and oh, it's not gonna, I, I can't say it on the air in case it ever gets read in court but anyway um wise decision yeah but uh, it's looking good he sent me some pictures a while ago and he, there's a little tiny little itchy bitchy little blemish in the front so he's just going to touch that up with a little bit of cold bluing uh, on the front of the blade itself the bluing on the on the firearm itself is immaculate but anyway uh so last night i ripped apart my kui model 84 old school going back to the fifties, real nice gun, but it needs, needs some touch up. I had it touched up a little bit already in cold blue, but the front bead was bent. And so I'm like, all right, polish the snot out of the barrel, get rid of any signs of pitting anywhere on the firearm that you can find on the barrel on the receiver, uh, replace the front bead, polish the chamber, hot blue, the barrel replace uh, and, uh, rust blue, the receiver. Now the receiver block that goes in between the hand, the fore and the fore end, and the receiver, uh-huh. uh, mine was missing when I got, when this gun was given to me, there was no forend at all, just a barrel and a receiver. So one of the local guys here who does a lot of refinishing work, uh, built a whole new forend. He ordered the hardware, yeah. shaped the piece of wood, matches my stock perfectly, job well done. When it comes to wood, can't beat Ranny, but he doesn't do any hot blowing. He only does cold blowing and that's not really a permanent solution that I'm looking for. So anyway, he ordered a part for it, but it's the part off of a Kui model 840. And the Which 840 is plastic. You well, no, this one's actually metal, Kelly. But oh, it's is it? yeah, but it's a different size. It yeah. doesn't fit flush with the receiver. So he's gonna put it on the grinder and shape it down and polish it and rust blue it as well. So it's gonna be a flush fitting piece when he's done. And then my Savage Model 99, which Randy redid, uh, I stripped last night and took all the took the forend off and this took the stock off. And just as I, I'm, so I'm watching a video, right, to see how to disassemble the receiver. And right after I remove the internal rotary magazine, the guy in the video goes, unless you're a gunsmith, don't take this part out. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, and and he was right. I guess putting them back together and timing that that because it has a little rotating disc with numbers on it that shows you how many rounds you have left in your internal rotary magazine. Mm-hmm. It's it's quite a feat to time it and reassemble it correctly. And um, when it was given back to me by the last guy, I don't think he got it right because it's a five round capacity, but I could never get the fifth round in. I could only get the four, so maybe that was an issue. So anyway. I, I Facebooked the gunsmith last night, the new guy that I go to, and I'm like, you ever put a uh, Savage 99 back together? He goes, yeah, only once, but it was a long time ago. So, <laughs> good luck. I'm, so I know most gunsmiths hate it when somebody brings them in a bag of parts, 
because something could be missing or broken during disassembly. And then they got to argue with the client, you know, well, did you break it when you took it apart or did you lose the part? Did I lose the part? So when I went in there, I made sure I see all these parts. Yeah. And you confirm they're all there. Yeah. Good. All right. You blew them all up and then put it back together. And I still have a, a list of other guns. I want to get them to, to do as well, but those are all the major projects. Uh, oh, and I'm buying an M1 carbine cause it's Friday. <laughs> <laughs> It's even a restricted one too. Like I need an M1 carbine, and like I need a restricted one. And Brian's like restricted. Right? What do you mean? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> I listen to enough of the Canadian stuff to understand now. I'm 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 spun up on it almost at this point. Yeah, you should be. You should be. So where are you getting that? Um the the gunsmith who built my Garand. Uh-huh. He either has it in his possession or he's brokering the deal for somebody. I'm not technically buying it from him. But uh, he was the one that sent the picture to Filthy, and then Filthy sent the picture to me and the Squire, and I was like, I don't have an M1 Garand, or a carbine. So, hmm. so, are you going to reload uh, for it, or are you going to buy factory? Yes. No, I'm going to reload for it. I was already on Budget Shooter Supply, and they sell two different brands of M of M1 car- of 30 carbine 110-grain bullets. Hornady makes one. Um Barry's makes one, and there's another company that makes one. And he's currently carrying Barry's, and it says, you know, this is a plated bullet, so don't exceed 1,960 feet per second. So I'm like, whatever, that's fine. Uh, Filthy already said he'd give me 100 pieces of brass, and I think one of Filthy's buddies has the dies. So uh, I could see myself doing this on my new uh, upgraded turret press because I'm not going to do it single stage, and I'm not going to buy a $110 caliber conversion kit for the Dillon. So, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> that cool. it for you? That is it, Brian. Thank that you. That is it. That's, that, are you sure? I mean. I tried to go as fast as I could. See, that he even no sounds like Matthew. Are you sure? It's, it's, no, I just want to make sure that everyone gets their turn. <laughs> <laughs> but I started off and said Trevor was here. Uh, next one up here is Adriel. Adriel, we kind of heard you chime in there a little bit for that last half an hour. But um, <laughs> what did you do this week in guns? <laughs> oh, this week. Uh Coming up in the next week, uh, I'm taking a bunch of people out from work to uh, to the shooting range, but still haven't uh, haven't been doing much over the winter. I'm looking to uh, doing more towards uh, next year. I'm kind of planning out which guns I'm going to buy and which guns I want to kind of review over the next year. Uh, so yeah, just mostly prep and that kind of thing. Uh, mailed what? out all the patches and stickers and whatnot for the Slamfire uh, Radio Patreonies. Um, I think oh. I've got one more because I think someone just signed up recently here, right? Yeah, I, I added it uh, to this uh, week's I'll show have notes. To, I'll have to contact mm. them. Um, yeah, one of the guys who uh, who's coming out to sh- uh, go shooting uh, is in the process of uh, writing his PAL uh, exam and would like to maybe get into 3-Gun. So I'd be pumped to have someone else from work who, who does 3-Gun. That's cool. What yeah. are you planning on uh, reviewing this year? Do you want to... Do you want to let us know, or is it a secret? Oh, so th- one of them was the uh, the Mossberg Patriot, and it's not because mm-hmm. it's not because it's like a I don't know. I think Mossberg does good shotguns, but uh, that's about it. But uh, I don't know. I want to try it. There's there's too many uh, gun runners out there who pick just the good stuff, and of course that stuff's really good, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So I want to try everything. I want to try the cheap stuff. I want to try the expensive stuff, and and everything in between. So I think the Mossberg yeah. is is one of those ones that you know. Uh, it's newer, so they're they had that old four by four, and uh, before that they had that ATR, 
uh, what is it, ATR 100 or something like that, blind mag and all that kind of thing. But this new one's looking a little bit better, and it's got a wood stock, which is kind of hard to find on on your budget uh, bolt action rifles. So I don't know, kind of curious about it. And uh, as far as the other stuff, I don't know. I've I've been thinking uh, a little bit about maybe doing uh, pistol reviews, but it's very different than uh, most of my other stuff because most of my uh. stuff is uh, hunting, right? Hunting gear. So I don't know about doing pistols, and I don't know if I should do a, do that in a different channel or just say to heck with it and do it in the same channel and let oh, people deal with it. Or I would do it on the same channel. Yeah, to heck with it. Do it yeah. on the same channel, but it means you'd actually have to buy pistols. Well, Instead I've got like five in my safe right now, so that's what oh. I was. Oh yeah, that's, that's, that's what it. I was you thinking of. <laughs> okay, yeah. do them. Yeah, yeah, I should. I don't know. So I'm kind of thinking of that and 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 what I need to do for that. I was thinking of uh, some different uh, video gear. I might be uh, might be picking up as well, just to up my video game, so that uh, you know those are all like nice and clear and whatnot. But yeah, not uh, not too much gun stuff. I'll have more to talk about next week. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, last but not least, Kelly, well, what have you been up you, to? Don't you have to go too? Well, oh, I mean, I, I will. I, I mean, okay, I guess. Right. I was going to let you go first. <laughs> it's okay, okay, Brian. Brian, she argues with us too, man. I know, it. No, I, I'm new here. I'm really nervous. You should really not argue with me. Gosh. I know. You're doing fine. Yeah, you're doing a great <laughs> job. <laughs> uh, Thanks, guys. What I did. I haven't been on for two weeks. So I wasn't on last show. Good show, by the way, guys. Anyways, <laughs> um, I remember I told you I was at Frontenac and I had to do um, probation shoots, like nine of them. I remember. Yeah. So I did some indoor and outdoor shoots both this weekend, the one that just passed and the one before that. So I actually met Gallon's twin. No word of a lie. I met a guy that looks like him does the same job as him into guns like him and it was really cool but um yeah he was he was he was kind of normal though so (laughs) (laughs) he was a really really nice guy uh his name is ryan and uh he he's an rso um and he kept apologizing to me and i said why are you apologizing and he goes because um like i'm kind of young and People, people are, you know, sometimes upset about the fact that their RO is, uh, is, is, is young. And I'm going, you're here at 9 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday and allowing me to do a probation shoot. I said, that's awesome. So I said, don't worry about it. I said, thanks for coming out. And, and, that, and he, was, um, he was pretty good because we did an indoor pistol shoot. And instead of standing at the 25-yard line and uh, shooting off of a, a bench, he said, let's go up to 10-yard and, and uh, do some shooting. And he wanted to do he wanted to see basically how I handled uh, a pistol. I brought my own. And he said, use your own and, and that. And, uh, yeah, he wanted to see... Um, he wanted to see uh, a couple of different things. He got me to do weekend um, strong hand. He got me to do double taps. He got me to do walking um, and shooting. And he was pretty impressed with that. And he said, yeah, you're good. So he signed off on that. So I don't have to do any more indoor pistol shoots. And he said, let's go outside. So we went outside to the rifle range and it was freaking freezing. Uh, so it was the 50 yard, um, uh, range as well so we posted up a target and i brought out my 1022 and he he thought the 1022 was awesome um and i shot my target and we went to go and have a look uh i shot 
20 rounds, basically. And then I said, it's really cold. Uh, let's go have a look. And if you for good, then let's just call it a day because it's, it's cold. So he was walking up and we get up there and he goes, uh, yeah. So as we were walking, I'm wondering where you shot because I couldn't see anything <laughs> on the target, right? I know how this ends. <laughs> Did you offer him coaching lessons when he was done? <laughs> and he's going, he's going. Holy oh. crap! And uh, yeah, I said, "Yep." Yeah. I so so I seventh stepped him for maple yeah, seed, um, apple seed, right? I said, "Okay, you know." I said, "Why don't you come out to a maple seed and 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 we'll help you out there?" Because I was doing seeded, and yeah, so everything pretty much in the V bowl except for two, which were in the nine ring because of the fact that it was freaking freezing and it was the end of it. So, yeah. No, he was kind of impressed. He says, okay, you're done on the rifle range as well. He says, the only <laughs> thing that you need to do is you need to do one more shoot uh, with pistol outside. And we weren't doing pistol outside because there was actually about two, two and a half feet of snow. So I said, okay. And then Kevin, last weekend, I asked him to take me out because of the fact he's an RSO at Frontenac as well. And I said, can you take me out and we can do pistol outside. So we wanted to do a couple of... Uh, uh, maple seed MQTs as well practices out and do some pistol. So I did some pistol out, outdoors. Again, it was pretty cold. So we said, okay, let's just uh, do you know do some shooting and then then get out of here. So he signed off on it as well, um, and uh, I submitted it. I don't have to do the other five shoots. And today in the mail, I got my access card and my ID, so it means that I can go to the range by myself. So You're official. Sweet. I'm official. official. I feel like a grown up. I can go to the range by myself. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, one of the other things that we did was uh, we went to SFRC and Trevor. Sorry, uh, the Magpul is still not in stock, but they're expecting it pretty soon, so you'll get it soon. Sweet. Uh, yeah. We knew it was in stock. Yeah, I know. It doesn't happen overnight. No, it's and okay. Josh. You know what? You know what? You know what? what I believe? What? I believe that the hair on my legs will only grow back when I get the stock. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a freaking reason why the hair on my legs isn't coming back. I so think, silky smooth. I think you're right. But yeah, Shot Show has had an impact on some of the stuff coming out. They're just starting to see it. So, But the Magpul, it's coming. So we did pick up a 1022. Actually, Kevin bought a Ruger 1022 takedown model. I got it. He. Yeah, we got it at the uh, friends discount. Anyways, um, pretty awesome. Uh, the, the other thing that I did today was I bought also a 1022 myself. So here's what happened. Uh, I'm sitting at work and I get a message from Rick, um, one of my friends, also one of the guys that's doing Maple Seed. He said, hey, there's a really good deal on a Ruger, Ruger 1022. We've been collecting these Ruger 1022s for loaners for the Maple Seed program. And he says, it's on this um, Facebook, and I wasn't on the Facebook forum. Um, so I asked to join, and then I looked at it, and I said, just hold on a second. So I placed a call to the front of the institution where I work, and I said, where's Steve working? And they said, well, he's working at this place. So he said, okay, it's lunch hour. So I went over and talked to him. I said, hey, that 1022 that you're selling, I'd like to buy it. So he sold me a 1022 today. <laughs> <laughs> there was a whole That's bunch cheating. of people. That's I know. There was a whole bunch of people that said, I'm PMing you, I'm sending you a message and all this. And I went over and saw him. I said, Steve, I, w I want this rifle. I said, I'm going to use it as a loaner. He said, okay. I said, okay, so tomorrow in the parking lot, you'll get your money and I'll get my rifle, right? And he said, absolutely. And I said, okay. And I said, so he 
by the time I got back to my desk, he took it down. So I got a 1022 today. It was awesome. Yeah. All right. And the other thing that I did was my AR-15 is now complete. I put the Vortex um, red dot on it. And, yeah, we're taking it out this weekend to shoot it up. Which red dot did you go with on that? Uh, I got it gifted to me from, from our friend Brian. And it is the Vortex. Uh, I think it's Spark. Gotcha. Spark? Yeah. yeah. Spark, Spark Air. Spark. I actually. Yeah. yeah. So that's it. That's what I did. Okay. All right. Well, me, me I didn't do too much. Um, buddy came over the other night with his, uh, his AR pistol, and he wanted me to shoot it a little bit. Uh, he's changed the, the, the buffers to a little heavier H3 buffer. Um, it did make it a little bit of a difference in, in the recoil. Um, but actually what I was impressed with on that and funny, you mentioned his spark AR was his spark AR on top of that. I was actually kind of impressed with that. Um, it wasn't as bulky as I was assuming it was going to be. Um, is that the new, I think, the, is that the new one? Their new spark yeah. AR is like really trim. Whereas the older mm. spark had those buttons that kind of sat on the side that made a little bit yeah. fatter on the yeah, side. My- yeah. Yeah, mine's the old one, but it was still, um, it's still amazing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, I I thought it was pretty slick. And him and I built these AR pistols at the exact same time a few months ago, just prior to our election here, just because you know you don't know what's going to happen. So we yeah. were kind of like just kind of you know heading it off. You know, maybe I'll do a little credit card debt just to get just to get ahead one more gun because you never know. Um, plus, there is already if. Knowing that if if the election went the way that it actually did, what could possibly happen with the NFA and so, um, some things getting lessened, um, laws getting you know maybe removed, possibly even doing away with the ATF. Who knows? There's mm-hmm. there's uh, all kinds of stuff that we can see coming up here. We're not even sure where it's way it's going to go yet um, with all that. But well, he's a little cray cray right now. Who's that? Just saying. Your ours. <laughs> well, you know. What do you mean a little and now? <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the day what he does. Well, uh, you, got a, you got. I was going to avoid it as much as no, possible, but you, you got right, the one side and you got the other side, and there doesn't seem to be so much of a middle ground anymore. And that's kind of where I try to find myself uh, most times. And I understand. Mm-hmm. I didn't like. I didn't like executive orders back then. I don't like executive orders now. Um, mm. I, I'm not just because it's someone I you know that comes from more from my side of the aisle. I'm not going to agree with them. Just, I'm not going to change my stance because I, I, my stuff aligns more with him. Um, you know, I, it is what it is. Yeah, well, um, we'll like, see. Good for you. I mean, it's there's too many people who are treating this as um, everything's okay as long as it's a, a means to an end, and it's my end, and and it's it's good to say no. The, yeah. the mean the means matter as well. Mm-hmm. There's processes that need to be. You know, we, the same processes that I was that I was asking for the last eight years. I would like to see go through now. I mean, it, really, there's no opposition. They have all three houses or, you know, all three sides. Um, so why not, you know, why can't we do things in a legitimate fashion instead of just a pen swipe? So, you know, it is what it is. But on with that, I I did some testing of some loads, too. I actually got them from a guy named Trevor. He um, PM'd me some uh, some loads for some 124 grain 9mm. or one twenty. Yeah, I know. I just... <laughs> But he may be a douche, but he gave me some really good loads. And I, I actually, <laughs> phrasing. <laughs> What's that? Uh, phrasing. Yeah. Phrasing. He provided you with data. 
data. You gotcha. Yeah. You created your own loads, buddy. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I guess I walked into that one, didn't I? Oh, uh, again with the phrasing. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm new to this. So, but I, I always avoided shooting the 124s. I had some factory 124s that I shot a long time ago. I bought like a thousand of them, and I hated them. Absolutely Why? hated them. They just, I just don't know. It's just a lot more recoil impulse that I I just didn't like the way it, just like the way they felt when they shot. I felt like they slowed me down actually. Um, but these these ones, they work. They're very soft shooting. The the recoil impulse is a lot different than than the 115 grade nine millimeters I've been u- used to shooting now. Um, so I'm gonna I'm, I got a thousand of them uh, from a student um, came through one of our advanced courses. They're actually part of the the uh, the staff uh, for one of the schools that that we taught um, last summer. That um, started arming arming their some staff members, and he did uh, or does some IPSC and IDPA shooting. So he said, "Here, you know, I know you guys aren't making anything doing this. So here, take the you know have some have some bullets. If you reload, take these. Tell me what you think about them. My son, my son makes these bullets. Okay, cool. I started loading them. I'm I'm really impressed. Um, really good groups at them so far. I haven't got to do too much too crazy stuff, but I actually think I want to take them to bullseye and shoot. <laughs> well, the old guys are going to kill me because. Generally, they shoot 22s, but I'm going to take the the Glock with the RMR, and I'm going to shoot those at bullseye. So we'll see what, what they do at 25 yards. Um, and then, like we talked about before, we really started um, just clearing the brush that is around the house. I had some loggers come in. and But what I'm really looking to do is try to make some shooting lanes and getting those opened up because I'm going to drop some, uh, some steel targets down in the woods. I have about 100 to 150 yards behind my house. Um, that I can really use now because they got some trees out of the way and, and cut some of the smaller stuff out. But I just gotta I gotta do some cleaning up in order to get to that. So cool. that's really what I've been up to this this week um, and last couple of weeks. But yeah, so that's that's it. But Matthew, what do you got? Oh, you're not here. You didn't want to show up. <laughs> so I got put upcoming... down for a nap. <laughs> I, I was too good. tired. My belly hurts. I don't want to come on tonight. I know I tonight. <laughs> I had all guy. kinds of dirt on him too. I was, I was. Gosh, I don't really think there's down. any reason why you can't share the dirt. Oh well, maybe we'll get into that. I we'll see. We'll see yeah. what Matthew oh. has dirt. Oh yeah. Really? Huh. You know, I Everybody like. Everybody does. I like Joel. <laughs> Just tell Joel, like, hey, I need some dirt. On husband, oh, you got inside you, dirt. She will write you a book. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, but it's all. Remember, it's all sanitized, jewel-approved dirt. You should have checked with like Owen or oh yeah, well or uh, Curtis. You know, like he could have told you about the the couple of times he, Curtis could have told you about the many times Matthew has sent Curtis to the hospital. He hit him in the face with a shovel. He blew him up. <laughs> oh, wow! Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Anyway, you just let me know next time you want dirt on my co-host. I'll hook oh, you up. I, all right. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let's roll into upcoming events. Uh, who wants to take it? Anybody want to go or you want me to go? I'll go. Uh, okay, se- go ahead. Seventh annual Canadian Podcasters Charity Shoot will be Saturday, July 8th at the Guelph Rod and Gun Club uh, in Guelph, Ontario. It'll be hosted by the Canadian Patriot Podcast and the International Liberty or Death Podcast. This year's charity is Many to One. Trevor, go ahead and take that next one. There are now four spots only available in day one of the Ferlacci handgun training class that'll be held in Alberta this year. Uh, there are, however, still two, uh, four spots, four spots available on day one, 
and zero spots left on day two. So day two is now completely sold out. Um, the dates of the course are July, well, the July 15th, because there's only four spots left on the first day. Uh, what range are we going to be at, Adriel? Bonneville. 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 So we're going to be at the Bonneville range. There's camping available. Email us and we'll hook you up with the people who can hook you up with the camping. If you have any other questions about whatever, uh, what other amenities are available in good old fashioned Bonneville, uh, let us know. And, um, to get signed up for one of those four spots on day one, send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Uh, the cost is $200, uh, payable by EMT at the time of registration. For those of you that are already quote-unquote registered, your registration form should be emailed to you soon if it hasn't already been. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Trevor, I, we haven't discussed this, and I don't want to put you on the spot. Uh, put him there, on the spot. Is your, do it. Is your schedule open enough to do like a, a beers and wings night with uh, with some listeners in Edmonton? I can't, remember we, I can't remember. Well, we could make it whichever day we want to, right? It's it's far enough out. Enough well, you in can't here. do it. You can't do it on Saturday night because you're having steak and corn. <laughs> yes, we probably <laughs> have to do it. Fr- yeah, we probably have to do it Friday night. Okay. So yeah. one of like a, a slam fire radio pub night on Friday night. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe I could book CC's a room or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll get there's right. nothing. There's nothing like teaching a class hungover. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I'm Brian, looking at. Uh, I've never. Ta- I've never taught I've a been, class not hungover. Oh, oh, my bad. <laughs> it's, it's just normal mm. mo. No, I was just thinking. Yeah. Like we're looking at. Okay, well, there's no. There's like no spots available for day one. Um, or sorry, no, for, there, for day two. Yeah. Day two. Um, so we're maxing out. So there's probably more listeners who just want to like talk to us. So maybe maybe just having a, a pub night or something like that wouldn't be a bad idea. Just to reach out to more of them. Yeah, if you just want to hang out and not improve your gun skills, that's fine too. I can teach you some fun drinking games at the pub. Adriel can do some <laughs> of his magic tricks. Good times had by all. Here we go. That's I'm right. Exercise we'll your liver. Slot that in. Get your take your liver for a walk. Uh, Adriel will teach you how to make a beer disappear. It's an amazing trick. I love watching it. <laughs> I watched it like 18 times in a row last time I was out there. <laughs> just, kept, just kept making the beer disappear. It was amazing. David Blaine. Yeah. Beer. Yeah. All yeah. right. Got your six charity shoots. Second annual precision rifle competition. Kelly, you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. So it's the Got Your Six Charity Shoot. It's the second annual precision rifle competition that's going to be on July 22nd and 20. 20- Third, it's in Edson, Alberta, and the funds raised are going to go towards the War Horse Awareness Foundation. If you don't know what that is, it's an amazing foundation. It helps um, people who are emergency first responders uh, with PTSD. So go to www.gotyoursixshoot.com. Awesome. Yeah. Trevor, is this one yours? Uh, where are we? SummerSlam. Summer it's sold out. Yoo-hoo! Sold out this morning. Uh, this morning, yeah. So there was a, a gentleman from Ontario. He sent me an email. Sold out last night. Sent me an email. Said, uh, yeah, here's my registration. Can I get squatted with so-and-so? So I replied and basically said, good news, bad news situation. Bad news is, no, you can't, you can't get squatted with so Congratulations, you just sold out the match. So, yeah, pretty awesome. I mean, we kind of slacked a little bit. Um, the match is seven months away. And it's already sold out, and it took a full month to sell out. But, you know, but what can you do? Oh, <coughs> that was me being cocky. Now, 
Here's something. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's true. Not you, Here's, Trevor. It's true. I, I, it happens sometimes. Now this, I, I'm, I'm going to brag, but it's only because I, I, like, I'm legitimately proud of this. Okay. You design the stages, mm-hmm. and they have to be approved for sanctioning. So you can send them to your section coordinator. You can send them to your regional director. The regional director has always uh, kind of advised, send them to me first. I will save you some headache. And then uh, once he approves them, oftentimes with um, some comments on suggestions on improvement, then uh, when he gives you the green light, you send them to Ipsic World. Ipsic World then often comes back with do this, do this, do this, this, this. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. No suggestions from anybody. Good job. You're approved. Boom. No oh, changes. Awesome. Yeah. It only took three years of submitting stages, but, uh, well, even last year it was very, very minimal, mm-hmm. but, uh, I don't, I think in my first year I may have been told, no, this stage isn't right or that it's not right. But last year was minimal and this year it was like nothing. You're good. Congratulations. Your match is approved. Awesome. So, yeah. So it's, it's received its, um, level three. Blessing. Yeah. Well, thanks. So now there's presidential yeah. medals and all that good stuff. Right. Yeah. So pretty awesome. Cool. Sweet. Kelly, you want to do this one? Okay. It's the, sure. It's the CAPS Use of Force uh, training. It's going to be $400 plus applicable taxes. Uh, it's the training course that Dave Young's putting on. It's going to be October 15th and 16th, and it's in Dalhousie, Dalhousie New Brunswick. Uh, you can go to uh, uh, capstraining.com and sign up, uh, and you can register. There's 15 seats available, but uh, there's only 12 left. So go and sign up because of the fact that we really, really want to host this event in New Brunswick, right? Absolutely. Think of it as think of it as the um, Canadian version of Meg Forty. Yeah, yeah. The no Meg Twenty, the Canadian version of Meg Twenty, the one with all the legal uh, stuff. It's the it's the it's closest you're going to get to you know learning the laws about self defense uh, in Canada with regards to self defense with a firearm. When you guys did that interview with him, that was actually really good. I actually learned quite a bit. I, I, I really, I mean, you guys have it rough up there. I mean, for you, self-defense wise and stuff like that. But he really broke it down, and I was actually thoroughly impressed with with the way he explained a lot of that stuff. You so, should come. I should. And you know what? Four hundred dollars for American is like one hundred and fifty bucks. Really? Yeah, really. No, if, you're, if, if he's going to come do anything, he's are you mathing come to, right? Yeah, he's, he's not mathing well at all. Um, yeah, no, he, he his time would be better served at the charity shoot. Which, yes, uh, it he, would. He told me he's coming to that since it's only like an eight-hour drive from his place. No, it's you're not. doing that right now, huh? That's um, it's only five hours to your place. It's only five hours for Brian yeah. to go to the charity shoot. Yeah, this is a no-brainer, Brian. I drive more than five hours to go to some Ipsic matches. No, I'd, where most of the we'll people see. don't he, like we'll me. He's coming. <laughs> so, I mean, come on. You can drive five hours to hang out with people who aren't sure if they don't like you yet. You're tr- that's true. I will, yeah. I will, I'm seriously really thinking about this year. It is, it is, what, what is there it's kind of right about? there. You're part of the well, community. There's a playing card with your face on it somewhere. Wife like, exactly. and child and work. That's, that's it. That's It'll the only thing. I'll be there. You're you're in Trump's America. You can replace all those things now. Not with immigrants. What if they build, but what if they build the northern wall them? when I'm not when I'm up there? We will build back. a ladder. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> right? Trump's building a wall. Mexicans are building ladders. It's not complicated. Got it. Got we it. We just all need right. to pile up the snow on one side and just walk over. <laughs> there I you go. It's not snowing in July. Oh my gosh. This is Canada. Uh-huh. It is. 
Yeah. It snows up there all the time, right? Well, Every day. Well, you no. need that for building your igloos, so yeah. yeah. It's it always seems so much colder up there when you're like, you know, it's it was seven degrees and I'm like, oh wow, that's really cold. And then I remember. <laughs> I'm American and I don't American. math well. American, I don't math well. Um, news. Funny gun classified ads. Who's going to do that one? Uh, I don't think we got any this week, do we? No. Nope. Uh, we don't have any fun uh, classified ads, but somebody threw in there a news, news story. Yeah. Semi-auto? Oh, oh. Any? Yeah. This, is, this yeah. is a long time coming. Well, mm. it's so, so no changes happened. It's just, I think, uh, I think when they teased it out, they teased out a picture on Instagram a, a year ago now. Uh, NEA did on a non-restricted AR-10 they were trying to uh, to put through. Um, there hasn't been any news as of yet, but one of our listeners just uh, just chimed in recently and just asked us about uh, about this rifle. Uh, so this is the uh, oh, what do they call it? The uh, NEA uh, NEA oh one hundred two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a three hundred eight uh, AR-10 similar style rifle, uh, but they're shooting for non-restricted uh, status, similar to the. Uh, modern hunter that uh, ATRS uh, developed and uh, and has out on the market right now. Um, I think NEA is shooting for a, a much lower price point. I think they stated they're they're trying to aim for a price of right around fifteen hundred bucks, uh, which would make for a very inexpensive, accurate semi-auto three uh, three hundred eight. Um, we don't have a lot. We don't have a lot of those non-restricted ones in Canada here, so that would be really especially cool under. Especially under three thousand dollars. So, yeah. do you guys know the, the the premise behind the logic in thinking that they can get this uh, approved as non restricted? The bit no. about the AR ten proceeding and all that kind of thing. Exactly. So, go ahead, Adriel. Explain that. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, well, you want me to do it? Why don't you go ahead? All right. So, the AR ten existed before the AR fifteen. The AR fifteen is. Uh, restricted and restricted by name because we know that we have other semi-automatic 223 rifles with 18 and a half inch barrels like the VZ58 that are non-restricted. So any variation of the AR-15, regardless of barrel length, is restricted. Now, the AR-10 is not an AR-15 and does not share any parts with the AR-15. So the logic that applies... Well, yeah, the, the you can't put an AR-10 lower on an AR-10-15 upper and vice versa. So that's that's the parts that matter. Um, threw me right off. I'd kick you right in the kneecap right now, you <laughs> bastard, if you were here. Son of a bitch. Anyway, um, so as I was saying, because it shares no parts with the semi-automatic AR-15, it should be allowed to be non-restricted, just like the other semi-automatic 308 rifles that we have out there, like the XCRM, like the... Um, what's the one that looks like the... Uh, Swiss Arms. Don't we have a 308 version of the Swiss Arms that's also non-restricted? Yeah, yeah. We've got the was it Feme? Uh, yeah, yeah. And I mean, not only are there semi-automatic 308s that are non-restricted that don't share anything with the Air 15, we have several semi-automatic 223s that are non-restricted. So um, the logic that they made this one restricted because it has AR in front of it, doesn't really apply. So that's the argument that you they're using to try and get this pushed through as a non-restricted platform. Because AR stands for assault rifle, right? I, uh, it's automatic yeah. rifle. Mm-hmm. Automatic, oh, okay. Yeah. And Got 15 it. means that it can kill 15 kittens per trigger press. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we need we need to get us some AR-10 ghost guns. That's what we need. Well, <laughs> to go to California, they, will, they have all kinds of them out here. 
So, so yeah, that's the story. Uh, they're trying to convince the firearms lab that, hey, it has nothing in common with an AR-15 like many other guns that you've approved. So why not approve this one? And we have, on occasion, seen guns move off of the restricted list. So fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah, I think this would be a, a welcome addition to the to the market. Damn straight. The only issue that I have with it, it's not an issue, but it's something that should be noted, is there's no mil spec for the Air 10. Nope. So for the listeners that don't nope. know what that means, mil spec means that all the parts are going to be reasonably interchangeable between all brands of Air 15 because they're made to a military specification. So all bolt catches are supposed to be pretty much the same size. All receivers are supposed to be pretty much the same size. So any mag can work in any gun, any bolt can work in any carrier and so on and so forth. That's what mil spec is. That's why 1911s, when you order a barrel bushing for 1911, it's not dropping in there. When you order a new set of safeties for your 1911, it's not dropping in there because there is no mil spec on 1911s and there's certainly not clocks. These parts have to be fitted and fitted by gunsmiths if you don't know what you're doing. Well, AR 10s like that. There is no mil spec. So the bolt catches made by DPMS for AR 10s may not fit this NEA AR 10, for example, because they may be making them to a different specification. So they're, the parts. Um, uh, the availability of parts that you can easily just drop into your rifle is not going to be like an AR-15. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. But I'm willing to work around that problem. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Is that it? You got a, That's all you got on that. That's all I got on that. Yep. That's all that's I have all to say. That. That's all I got. To say about that. Okay. I nailed it. And running. <laughs> and I just running and running and. Wonder all right. I just went home. <laughs> Jenny. All right, main topic. That's what love is. <laughs> okay, you too. Is that a topic? <laughs> you can do that all you can do this all night. Anyway. No. Okay. All right, fine. Fine. I gotta go uh, to the gym in a while, so please not. Oh jeez. Okay. Main topic. Well, let's just do this then. So Trevor sent me a message and was like, Man, kind of running out of ideas. Just you got anything for me? And I think I'd send him um, how to talk to your cats about hand or gun safety, I think is what it was. And he said, not asking you any more questions. And I followed <laughs> it up and said, you know, I've done, honestly, I've just been kind of burned out lately on, on guns. I'm just taking my break. You know, we haven't had any classes since before Christmas. I've been really enjoying my time off. So, and I've been really indulging in, you know, podcasts. You guys are really honestly the only gun podcast i'm still listening to right now oh um, thanks brian. i know i know you guys are special near and dear hey, to my heart hey brian yeah you, you didn't tell everybody uh what you know where you're from or what you do i'm from ohio yeah <laughs> oh oh and, and uh, why you're burnt out from oh I, i'm not i guess i i'm maybe overreacting when i say i'm burnt out i'm just i was just taking a break you know you getting getting you know Getting recouped from last uh, training season with Valkyrie Defense. Um, we're spinning up. We have next weekend. We're going to start our you know first one of the year down in Lanc- uh, Lancaster, Ohio, and then uh, from that point on, it's just going to be a blaze as usual. We're going to be back hitting the hitting the range hard and stuff. So you know, just been spending time with the family, doing stuff like that. But I just wanted to decompress a little bit. So I've been listening to a lot less gun stuff and and reading you know enjoyable books not studying constantly but i'm listening to a lot of like interviews and in funny podcasts and stuff but you guys are like my only gun podcast i'd left so i said you know I'm, i haven't really been doing anything trev so i said well, why don't you guys just do like a little you know 
just not something super related to guns, maybe semi-related to guns. And he said, good, awesome. You're coming on. And I said, I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know what he just figured out. It's kind of how he left it to me. So I was thinking, let's just talk. Let's just have a conversation. Exactly. And so I went around and, uh, yeah, pass the buck is really what you did. You just put me on the hot seat. So I'm good at that. Ask anyone who works with me. You're guys. I've got a great idea. Run with it. I yep, came up with it. Now you do exactly it. Exactly what you said. Run with it. So what I did, I just jotted down a couple pages of notes here. You know, just just <laughs> while I'm I was afraid. driving. You know, yeah, I'm really afraid. You know, and I just wanted to have a conversation with everybody. And I was going to start with Trevor first, since he did this to me. You know, Good uh, idea. yeah, yeah. But I think what a lot of the other listeners want to know, they just want to get to know you guys. You know, a little a little better. You know, what were you before you became podcasters? Who were you? You know, uh, where you came from? So first, Trevor, give us the 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 one minute Reader's Digest version of Trevor. What? How did you get into guns? Do all that stuff. And 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 where where you're at right now? Go. Holy smokes, dude. Um, okay, I grew up in a firearm friendly home with father and uncles who all had firearms and hunted. My grandfather had a firm and. Shooting guns on the farm was uh, a thing growing up. Hunting with my dad was a thing growing up. Hunting with my friends in the later teenage years and uh, even into university uh, was was a thing. University, I kind of got away from guns because I couldn't store any with me on campus, uh, living in the dorms. Although I did take one on campus one time and had it stored with campus security because I needed Mm -hmm. to go deer hunting one weekend. Um, So... I brought a gun on campus and didn't get shot, so that that's a good thing. It's a bonus. Yeah. Um, you know, and then the laws changed, and that kind of threw a wrench in, in the plans. And if I, oh, man, and a lot of Canadians are saying what I'm about to say, if I knew then what I know now, mm-hmm. right, I would have bought handguns. I would have got prohibited handguns. I would have bought AK-47s. I would have bought every kind of freaking gun that we were allowed to have legally in Canada so that I would be grandfathered into every kind of license. So anyway, um, you know, so uh, yeah, I'm doing my thing in university. I'm studying at a liberal arts college. Uh, Still never voted liberal the whole time. Just saying. I did unfortunately vote NDP (laughs) a few times because, you know, I didn't know. And uh, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. then I get out of university and uh, start doing my career as a school teacher. Worked in public schools for a while and um, decided uh, my I was hanging out with a cop, Officer Frank, and uh, we went shooting once. And he told me about this Ipsic thing and brought me out to the gun range at the tail end of what was actually SummerSlam 3. And I tried. Uh, I know what it is now. I tried. It seems to kind of come full circle here, right? Absolutely, yeah. So um, I actually got to test fire at the end of the match. Um, At the time, club president Chris Kingston, one of my mentors, his wife was shooting a uh, STI Trojan uh, in 9mm all the way back then, a classic gun before classic guns were even a thing. And uh, she would have been shooting that in standard minor at that time against 40s and 45s. And now, uh, all these years later, I own a STI Trojan in nine millimeter. So talk about full circle, man. No kidding. Yeah. Um, so I go out and I get my restricted license and, uh, do all the testing and stuff. And I just challenge the tests and I'm waiting for, uh, 
my restricted firearm. So I had at that time you could have a possession only license in Canada, which meant that you had guns when the law changed and they gave you a license to own them, but you couldn't go buy anymore until you went and took a safety course. So I had a possession only license for non-restricted firearms. So I could own, you know, Grampy's shotgun and my uncle's 270 deer rifle and stuff like that. There wasn't a lot of cool non-restricted options back then like there is today. And I took the challenge of the course for the restricted um, exam. And so that allowed me to own non-restricted firearms, but not buy any, but buy and own restricted firearms. So I could, I could buy a single shot shotgun. No, I couldn't, I could not buy a single shot shotgun, but I could buy an AR-15. <laughs> that was the, yeah. And, uh, because safety. Yeah. So then, uh, so then I was like, uh, then I tried a bow. And I was got totally distracted from firearms for seven years. I had my restricted firearms license for seven years before I bought my first handgun. So I was slow going down. slow you down. Yeah. Well, what were you doing for those seven years? What uh, were you doing with the bows? I was doing. You, you were kind of a big deal. Well, I mean, I when I I decided I decided that in five years I was going to shoot for Team Canada, and so I uh, seeked out all the best training and coaching in this area that I could. Then I started putting on clinics by hiring professional archers from the states, world champions, to come here and do clinics, and uh, was doing my thing to get as good as I could while simultaneously going through all my coaching certification requirements and coaching facilitator require uh, training so that I could actually then teach the coaching courses and certify new coaches, made the, made the team, went to Croatia, shot at the World Cup, finished second from the bottom, and coined the term archery tourist, someone who has more money than talent. <laughs> and uh, But, you know, uh, didn't, yeah, didn't let fun. it... I had did I ever? I had a good time. Um, I was gonna say, but I you, didn't plan accordingly. I didn't set a goal beyond just making a team, and that's why I just kind of floundered. Right? I didn't drive myself. Making the team wasn't enough, and um, got a little serious about the coaching. Got selected to go to the Canada Games and and help out with that coaching staff, and then I went to the World Championships in. Poland as an assistant coach for the World Youth Championships in 2000 and yeah, I shot for in Croatia in 2009 and I was a, an assistant coach in Croatia in 2010 and then I took my black badge in 2011 and said, see you later archery. Um, nice. Yeah, and then for whatever reason, a couple of years ago, I decided to pick the bow up again and so now this is my third season back in archery. And uh, this is my most serious one so far. I picked up one of my old sponsors right away, told him I was back, and he sent me a bow. So I shoot for a shop out of Fredericton. He sends me a new bow every year. When the new when the, when the year is up and the new bow comes out, he sends me the new one, and I send the old one back. Um, I think also— does he, does he put it on the wall and say, like, Trevor touched this? And that's <laughs> that's his marketing point for that gun? Yeah, is that his selling yeah. point? No, I don't think so. No. No. Okay. All right. This so. is used. No. This is used. Yeah. <laughs> this is used. Yeah. Yeah. It smells funny. I don't know why. And uh, I also do. Um, so right now, uh, for the Archers Association of New Brunswick, I uh, I'm the coach coordinator. So that simply means that I put on the coaching classes to certify new coaches. So I do the classroom portion with them, and then I'll visit them at their club and do evaluations of their coaching. 
help out a few people on the side once in a while. And, um, I also will go to clubs and put on private clinics. So much like where Matthew and I teach handguns in the summertime, I coach archery for cash in the wintertime. So I've got a couple of different clinics that I can put on depending on who I'm working with and their level and whether or not it's a one-day clinic or two-day clinic. It involves uh, video analysis and form breakdown, the whole nine yards, tuning the equipment. Uh, it's quite quite comprehensive. It's basically much like what we do with our, our handgun classes. Take a bunch of classes and then develop your own based on the things that you learned, what you like, what you didn't like, stuff like that. So, um, yeah. Cool. And uh, have you ever read a Reader's Digest? I never have. It's brief. <laughs> like, dude, for, like that's just, like, you have no idea. That is the, that is my Reader's Digest version. <laughs> all right, all right. So what, what I got? I have from two that. cats. Okay. Okay. All right. So, all right. So I'm done. That's why I, I, whenever whenever Matthew gives you a hard time, you start talking about bows. I, I think a lot of readers don't understand where you come from. I, I kind of knew, you know, from talking to some people that that your your background, you know, you said you went to Croatian shot. That's in, but you were, you know, oh, but I finished second to last. But yeah, but you made it there. That's one of those things. And I, I like to hear people who have had that success that, that you made it to that, to at least that level. And, uh, I like to hear people that are, that are, you know, good at what they do talk about what, you know, what it is they have a passion for. So, you know, he gives you some crap about it. I actually enjoy hearing about it. And, you know, sometimes I like listening to his flight stories too. I would tell him that if he was here tonight, but he's not here. So I can't ask him on this long list of stuff about flying planes, but okay. you know, it is what it is. There so, you uh, you, but like I say, you seem to be a natural teacher out of all that. You seem to seem to have that natural teacher ability. Bows, guns, uh, even podcasting to some certain extent is teaching. So, have you always been like that? Have you? I mean, were you as, as a child? Were you kind of like the leading the pack of kids, or were you always the guy making the good decisions and saying, "Hey, kids, follow me. I know, I know what's best." I've had kids follow me. Um, sometimes <laughs> for sometimes for good, sometimes not so good. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I guess, I guess, Brian, I've always had a, I've always been an extrovert. Um, I was uh, part of the, uh, well, uh, in high school, I was the guy who was friends with people in all circles. I mean, yeah. I was uh, training for the hockey team because I couldn't skate, but at least I was still part of the hockey team, which is a big deal in a small mill town school. Um, I was vice president of the student council. Um, so, you know, I, I've always been outspoken. I've got a big mouth. Um, I don't have much of a filter. Sometimes it gets me praise and sometimes <laughs> it gets me in trouble. Um, you know, you I talk and me at, are a lot of like, you know, that yeah, Only I'm just a lot better looking and a lot younger. I yeah, think we, that's really it. I'm not sure so. you know what the word a lot means, but that's cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, I usually open my mouth enough just, just to get myself, uh, elected to some position or some job, you know, like I've got a very important job with the gun club where I'm responsible for SummerSlam. Didn't ask for it. Don't want it. Didn't want it when it was given to me. Still don't want it. <laughs> running, running Ipsic matches is a pain in the ass. There are some people that are absolutely amazing and wonderful and appreciative. And some people I wish would just quit the sport because they're dicks. But yeah. uh, sometimes it, I find myself opening my mouth and falling, you know, into, into places too. Like when someone just sends you a message and says, you know, we really could help with some, some ideas for the show. And then look where you fall into. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's crazy. So is there anything you're not telling me? You know, um, do you ever get hangry? I was, I was told I needed to ask you that. that uh, if you, you get no a little. <laughs> That's one what of my. What is your biggest, your biggest 
outburst of when you were just hangry, completely hangry. Oh, geez, I can't remember the biggest one, but I mean, they happen a lot. <laughs> There's many. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no, Brian, it's true. Yeah, and the, those right. who those who have been with me long enough know know what it is and just kind of ignore it or slip me a sandwich or a Snickers bar. But <laughs> yeah, to have a Snickers. Why? Yeah, yeah, because the peanuts will kill you. Eat it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, no, no, I suffer you, from the hangries. Are you really going to drink the peanut butter or peanuts? Uh, nuts, yeah. Oh, okay. I'll remember well, there that. There we go. That's this is even getting deeper. I wasn't actually asking for allergies. That's great. <laughs> so you're gonna get stuff in the mail with like you know crushed almonds and stuff. It's gonna be amazing. Yeah. yeah wonderful. Um, so what other things aren't you telling us? You said you had cats. Have you ever had any other other pets? You know. Um, I had one, maybe yeah. at some point. Maybe? I've had at one time. I've had over 200 snakes in my house. <laughs> I, uh, my hobby before archery was keeping and breeding, uh, snakes primarily, uh, different species of Python and boa, um, mostly all of the smaller species of Python and boa, like, uh, some of the tree species like emerald tree boas and green tree pythons and Amazon tree boas and, um, rosy boas and, uh, sand boas, uh, a lot of corn snakes. I did, however, have the most beautiful, like six and a half, seven foot long, uh, boa constrictor, uh, red tail boa, you know, uh, she was actually an imperator, but she was a pastel colored one. And I was working with like morphs selectively breeding to make albinos and stuff like that. And, uh, that, that used to pay for the archery quite well. Like you would have a, a litter of snakes born on Wednesday. The dealers in Toronto would put the money in your account on Thursday and you put them in a plane on Friday. Like no Jeez. tire kickers. Snakes no on a plane. plane. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they used to hate seeing me coming through the door at the Bathurst <laughs> airport with a box because they always knew what it meant and they had to inspect the box, right? So these ones yeah. are all really poisonous. <laughs> when yeah. they hatch, when they hatch, was it kind of a big deal for you? Oh, dude, come on! Because uh, I, yeah. I, I mean, is it is it big enough to maybe to rush home from your honeymoon? Would it oh, be dude, who told you that? Listen, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it where it turned out it was good because there was a surprise in the litter. I was the first one to hatch a ghost corn in New Brunswick. Hello. Oh, okay. I was just wondering. Yeah. I was just wondering. I just, and then, and then how, how are you with keys? Do you, do you, if I was to come up there for the charity shoot, should I let you hold my keys for me or not? I locked my keys in the office twice in two weeks. This, I was just wondering. This month alone. Um, I have stranded people at archery tournaments left with their <laughs> keys. Like I'll, I'll carpool there with somebody and then I'll be like, Oh, Ken, I need to get my jacket out of your car because we're going to the restaurant. You're not ready to leave. So I'm going with Mike. Mike's ready. Can I get your key? So I can get in the car and then drive off with Ken's keys and leave him stranded. That cost me a steak dinner. I locked my keys <laughs> in my truck in my new job as a teacher, like three times. They gave me a set of baby chew toy keys for Christmas as a gag. <laughs> but yeah, twice this week I've left work and locked my keys in the office and I've had to get my colleague to come to work early to let us in the next morning. I was actually in the process of getting extra keys cut just yesterday. So um, that was, that was good information that I got from that one then. So I, that was, that was honest. Okay. I was overdue from a hunting trip for two days because we couldn't find my keys. My car was locked. I could not leave. I had to pay two extra nights to stay at this camp. I had to take two sick days from work. I had to go into the, to the superintendent's office and explain why I was, didn't go to work for two days. So we ripped the camp <laughs> apart. We ripped my, 
suitcase apart. We couldn't find the keys anywhere. My buddy Leo drives from Bathurst to Beldoon, like 35 minutes up the road, and then drives my keys three and a half hours to the other side of the province where I am so we can get in the car, so we can get my ass home and back to work. My wife takes my suitcase downstairs, opens it up, turns it upside down, and the effing keys come falling out of the bag. I'm, I might have heard that story. <laughs> that bag was checked by two other people, Brian. I'm and, not here to point fingers. I'm not. I'm not here to judge. I'm just. I'm just bringing the information that most most listeners have not gotten. And I didn't so, shoot a deer, and you didn't. Nope. And then there was the time at the nationals where I dropped my wife's spare keys into the porta potty. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm not doing this, Brian. <laughs> I, I'm not either. <laughs> At this point, right. let's move on. Let's move on. I have a whole list of stuff here for Matthew, but I'll skip that for last, and then we'll just throw him under the bus. But Kelly was next because I was going in order of the of uh, that have joined the show. So Kelly was next on my list. So Kelly, no, no, I'm not. I'm last. N- yeah, no, come on, come on. <laughs> all right, go. All right, all right. So your Reader's Digest version of of how you got into this and how you got into podcasting. Okay, so Kevin took me to Michigan. I liked it. Uh, yeah, so two other guys asked me if I wanted a podcast. I said, sure. And then, yeah, uh, Trevor said, do you want to come on our show? And that's it. <laughs> well done. Now, that's for your side That is exactly a – that is the I just learned a lot. Version. There it is. <laughs> yeah. I, went, I went to the bathroom and back, and you were still talking. <laughs> <laughs> still giving the one-minute overview. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right, so <laughs> Appleseed was your was your first shooting experience, correct? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, full circle, come back around, and now you're really you're really a major part of the Maple Seed project. Yeah, trying to be, anyways. Trying to be, but I mean, yeah, yeah, we're yeah we're spearheading it and we're bringing it uh, to Canada, and it's snowballing. But what it is also doing is showing that there is a significant need for that type of program here in Canada too. So, um, yeah, we're pretty much, we're, we're about to post events and yeah, it's amazing. So, yeah. Awesome. I'm, I'm really excited for you guys. That's, that's great. I really am. So, I think it's a great program. I think you guys, the, the, the three of you guys, uh, you, um, Rick and, uh, uh what's, what's that other guy's name? Do you uh, know him? Kevin? Yeah. Kevin, yeah, 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 yeah. I think you know him, right? So, how, yeah. How how do you know him? Uh, I I am afraid to to hear what he told you about me. <laughs> well, I mean, what is that? Well, can you explain to me what exactly a girlfriend discount is? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, most of the guns that I have been uh, uh, that I have in my gun safe uh, are girlfriend discount. That means that basically uh, they were free and. <laughs> Nothing is free, Kelly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's he awesome. bought me my first gun, uh, my second gun, my third gun. Uh, he, the Glock 17 was something that he bought for himself, and he didn't like it. And I said, "Hey, I really like this." And he regrets letting me uh, shoot any of his guns because every time I shoot one of his guns, I say, "Hey, I really like this," and <laughs> that generally means, anyways. But now I am. At, he actually at one point said, "Enough is enough. If you want any more guns, you have to buy them yourself." So you have to set yeah. boundaries. That's very good of him. He learned. That's right. good. That's good. Right. So like now it. I have to buy my own guns. Well, that's fine. Yeah. Now I, I got I got I got one good one for you. Where were you born? That's an interesting story to me. Uh, 
in a hospital? <laughs> not country? in Canada? Not in Canada. This is, this is no. awesome because nobody hates to talk about themselves more than Kelly is the impression I, I get from I know. Her. This is what's fun. Not in Canada. Not in Canada. Okay. No. Sprech, sprechen Sie Deutsch? Uh, we. Oh, you. <laughs> I was I was told to ask where you were born or summoned, and I didn't I didn't know. Summoned. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. 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 ein bisschen Deutsch. Awesome. You so you spend some you spent quite a bit of your of your adolescence in in Germany, right? That's why you asked me how long I lived in Germany. Yes. <laughs> twice. I lived in Germany twice, and once when I was a teenager, and one obviously when I was born. Yes. So yeah, seven years. Uh, how was that? Awesome. Well, I mean, seriously, <laughs> was it? Is it different being a Canadian in in Germany? Now, wait a second. No. The wall was still up then. Like the Kelly's. Hey. <laughs> yeah. It That's was. what I was asking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was still up. So yes, I'm old. I didn't say you were old. <laughs> yeah. Just setting out a timeline here. It was awesome. Uh, the. The best thing about it was uh, after about six months of not being able to have hostess chips and watch TV, like <laughs> they like don't have TV. Kids. Yeah, I went for four years without a phone and a TV. Hmm. My developing years, I was without a phone or a TV. So yeah, um, and anytime anybody went want, went back to Canada for any courses or anything, they'd ask what you want, and we say bring back some hostess chips. That's all we wanted, but it was awesome because. I got to travel everywhere. So I got to go to Paris probably about three or four dozen times. I got to go to, you know, Amsterdam. Got to go skiing uh, on Olympic uh, at Olympic sites. It was awesome. I loved it. Great. That's cool. Yeah. Because that, that, that's something a lot of listeners do not know about you, I, yeah. I feel. Now that's they one know. Of those I think. Awesome. <laughs> Anyways. Your, was it your father was in the military, correct? Yeah, he was. And that's that. That was why you were. He was stationed there. Yeah, he was. He got. Yeah, he got posted there a couple of times. You know, you know what's really hard about doing interviews is when the person doesn't want to answer questions. That's really. It's really fun. <laughs> they just ask more embarrassing questions. And just, exactly. I, 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 I just keep going. That's <laughs> fine. I, I just uh, you're just you're the newest shooter of 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 the of the podcast. And and what was it like? Was it a little intimidating coming on on and and you know. Trevor, who's obviously been doing it long enough to talk about it for 30 minutes when I said a Reader's Digest version, you know, Matt, you know, w- was it a little intimidating to come on and, and, and be, a, be another guest on the show or be another host? Be a guest or a host? Sure it was, but, you know, the guys were really nice about it, and uh, Trevor was encouraging, and yeah, and Adriel, he was, he was, uh, he had my back a couple of times, and yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. You really classed the place up. That's all I have to say. It was, it, was, it was nice. It was good. Good. I, I really don't have much more on you. That's it. That was oh, really it. Awesome. Other, other than letting you talk about, you know, some of your apple seed teaching experience. Cause you got to run the line while, I, while you were down here with me. See, I've, I've, I know oh, I you pretty, probably yeah. better than most everyone else on the show here. I talk to Trevor pretty much on a daily basis. Um, yep. Adriel. Well, we'll get to that here in a minute, but, <laughs> um, I've, I've hung seen, out with you more than anyone. Yeah, I've hung out with you more than I've hung out with Trevor. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, kind of like, a big deal, Trevor. I'm just saying. 
Everything's a contest. That's I'm winning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <That one. laughs> yeah. So I we came down to do the apple seed specifically because it, you you were hosting it. Yeah, we're doing another yeah. one. Uh, are you going to come for that one? Well, you have to give us the dates because we're kind of booking a lot of things. So that's fine. You have to let us know when it is. When are you booking? I already gave it to Trevor once. Trevor, when did I tell you? Uh, August. August what? August the uh, (laughs) uh, thirty second. Twelfth and thirteenth. That one. That one. August twelfth and thirteenth. Okay, me, um, all right, let me look. But it, I'm not looking now, though. I, I You look. guys did such a great job the last time. You, Kevin, Mario, come down to help. And hey. it, it was really, really good. You guys, I mean, I think a lot of people that if they would not have known that a Canadian was teaching them um, – American history that they would have had no idea. You guys, you guys did a spectacular job. Oh, it was awesome. We, yeah, the Canadian contingent came down, and uh, yeah, to teach Appleseed, it was it was pretty good. You know, one of the things that we have to talk about. What happens every time that you and I get together? Moonshine. Well, well <laughs> besides that, that. Yeah. yeah, we 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 put away the Jameson. I know that that was. Yeah. I was just going. Well, yeah. No, but what? What? Let me. What? What well, happens? What happens every time it? Yeah, we either you come to Michigan or we go down to Coshocton or oh, it rains. It rains or it snows. Doesn't, it or, doesn't rain. What does it do? <laughs> it floods. It's it's <laughs> Noah's Ark. Just it's bad. It's biblical. It, it was it so bad. There was no power in the town of Kershockton at all, and we had to go to the rec- we we ended up going to the Mexican place, which was awesome, by the way, because it was the only place in town that had power. It had power, yeah. Only, I went to was- t- I wanted to take you guys to this really nice steak place. We go walking up to the door, and they're like, "No power." Oh, oh, okay. So I got on my phone real quick and started making phone calls, and we ended up at the same Mexican place that we've ate at the last three times you guys come down. That was awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh! One of these days, I'll get you to go eat somewhere else. I swear, I promise. But I think so. it's it is you because you've had you've had shoes. I, I don't know. It, it, it's well, yeah. the The first apple seed that we did, we had rifles floating away because it rained so hard. They were picking them up out of the ground. Stacy and Red were picking them up and dumping the guns out, and because we it was it was that bad. You you you're laying in it. You stand up. Your pants are full. It just looks like your water breaks. You just your, your pants are just evacuated. It's terrible. So yeah, it was bad. And we came down for the counter ambush concepts course. Yeah, how was you it? Did. How how was the weather? How was the, the weather? It rained again. Yeah. Yeah. You know I'm the host, Badly. right? I'm, you're not supposed to be asking me questions. <laughs> don't don't you try to do this to me? Don't you put yeah. this on me? No, I'm just saying, if anybody's anybody's planning, you know, so August 12th and 13th, pack or, you know, a rain suit. Just saying. Come on down. down. (laughs) Hang out. We'll get wet together. It'll be fun. Oh, okay. We're going (laughs) to. Let's move on to Adriel. Adriel. (laughs) Yo. Adriel. Not even I touched that one. Is it? I, I gold star. I let that one go, everybody. (laughs) Yep. I was waiting for it. I set you up. Just put it on the I know. Yep. Hit it. I right, got a Adriel. line. <laughs> Adriel. Yo. You. Yeah. You do a pretty good job of of with your social media to make sure everybody guess about you. There's nothing on there. 
Good. And and <laughs> obviously, I I honestly think that um, have you ever seen the movie Hitman? Like Hitman Forty Seven, that one kind of that one with the bald yeah, guy. Yes, Sylvester yeah, Stallone. Bald guy looks kind of bald, like you. You know, mm. uh, you you just got this creepy vibe about you. The you know, because I couldn't find anything. <laughs> I, I sent out messages trying to find people that would like give me some dirt on Adriel. So you know what. You're going to have to fill us all in, man. Give us that Reader's Digest version of you. Tell oh, us. I'm, I'm so happy my wife's not on Facebook. <laughs> I know. The dude, I was searching like crazy. Uh, uh, okay, what about me? Uh, my beginnings were similar to Trevor's uh, uh, in a family with guns. Uh, I like I spent a bunch of my childhood out in fields in Alberta, like uh, shooting gophers with a twenty two. So uh, that's, that's kind of my intro to it. Uh, I've been hunting since... Well, since like uh, deer, since I was eleven, and uh, uh, pretty much every year up until just after college, I uh, I went to China for three four years, teach English, do that kind of thing, uh, learn Chinese, came back here, got a no job. Big deal. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's, learn it's Chinese. It was okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've got a couple of kids. Um, I run the Hunting Gear Guy website and uh, YouTube channel. Um, I don't know. I do online marketing, and and I, I guess I wanted to, I wanted to learn how to, uh, like, be a better writer, be a better photographer, be a better videographer. All these things that I wanted to learn about, and and my website and and YouTube was like the the place for me to learn all that stuff. So. Um, not only did I get to write all this stuff, I, I, I tried to fill in the gaps where, you know, there's, there's a rifle out there that doesn't have a lot of reviews or a lot of good fo- uh, photos or something like that. I'd, I'd try to like fill in that gap. Right. And, uh, and learn while I was doing it. So, uh, for me, it was, it was really good learning and the podcast is, is the same way, you know, now I'm, now I'm, I'm, I'm still learning all sorts of really good stuff about, uh, how to properly podcast, you know, if you're, if you're going to go on site and, and do a, a, a record something, do it in a car. <laughs> Don't do it in an echoey outbuilding, uh, or, uh, you know, your, your audio quality is going to suffer. And, uh, I just, I, I really like learning all that stuff and, uh, and keeping up on it. Um, and the other thing is I, I do online marketing for, uh, for my day job. So I get to mess around with my website and, you know, see what works and see what people like and what they don't like, and then apply that to, uh, uh, to my day job kind of a thing. So, um, I, yeah, I, I, I mostly hunted, uh, through my life. It's only in the last couple years where I've got into competitive shooting and not like really not competitive shooting, like just local club stuff. But, uh, boy, has it made like such a difference in my, uh, in my abilities, uh, before I could shoot a deer at a really long range, if I had a good rest and, and had a lot of time. Uh, now I've got to a point where I can shoot a pistol really competently. I can reload a shotgun really quickly. I can uh, transition, and I, you know, there's there's all these things that I just couldn't do before that I'm I'm able to do now, mostly because I got into competition and and I hate losing, and I was losing a lot, and <laughs> I wanted to fix that. <laughs> but uh, there you yeah. go. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's cool. Like I said, I couldn't find much on you, and and but I do remember you talking about 3D printing. Are you still doing that with your little 3D printer? Yeah, I've, I'm I'm still 3D printing. What's the last thing I made on that thing? Oh, I made a case for uh, a Raspberry Pi, which is like a little mini computer 
and I loaded it up with a bunch of Atari and NES games and set it up on my TV, and it's been kicking my kids' butt. Like they, they're too too used to these easy games that have like hints and that kind of thing. <laughs> you put them on any one of those NES games, they're dead inside a minute. <laughs> yep. And what is this three lives crap? <laughs> oh, it's punishing. Oh man, it's so punishing. It's three lives, and like that's it. You're back back to the start with you. <laughs> so nice. Yeah. Yeah, but would you say that's probably the coolest thing you've you've made with a three D printer so far, or are there other things that you took pride in? Oh, let's see. I took a lot of pride in my uh, in my horizontal uh, foregrip that I made that uh, that hooks onto Picatinny yeah. rail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You made that Frankenstein gun, and uh, yeah, is that is that still a thing? Do you still have that? Oh, I gotta I, I gotta edit that video. I've got a I got a video on that uh, on that three gun. And uh, I just, I haven't, I just haven't edited videos in a couple of weeks here. I just got to get my button gear and, and do that because it, it's, it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure that very thing was hideous. Serious. Yeah, very. Oh serious. my god. Yeah, soccer. See, I've heard you say before, uh, or maybe someone else mentioned that you, you, you kick, kick the ball around a little bit. I am not a professional soccer player. I, I I did a lot of sports growing up. Soccer was like one of the ones that I was probably the worst at, but it's really approachable. Both my kids play soccer. So um, what ends up happening is they say, okay, well, uh, there's anyone that wants to coach soccer. No one really wants to coach soccer. Uh, and then they okay. say, okay, well, we're going to have to shut down the team. So there's no team. And you're like, ah, oh, fine. I'll, <laughs> I'll coach soccer. <laughs> so you're coaching, not playing then. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, okay. I'm coaching. Okay. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Okay, All but right. I'm coaching two of my kids, so that's two kids uh, four times uh, in during like the work week, and uh, yeah, so it's a it's a lot of days yeah. of of coaching yeah. soccer. I get a really wicked tan though, really early on in the year. <laughs> well, that's like you know, you don't ever talk about that because you know, like the listeners probably would think that you know, boring soccer is boring, but everyone you know, you have the sons that are saying like bows are boring and then the flying is boring you know adriel has soccer so you just ought to come on and just start talking soccer that's what you ought to do just get back uh, at those guys for talking yeah. their boring stuff just do it like videos printing or raspberry yeah. Or, yeah videos yeah. of me shooting soccer balls <laughs> <laughs> oh god well, i'm just I, I'm, I just feel bad because I don't have too, too much to make fun of you. I mean, the only other thing I have to ask you, who's the, you know, because I still think that that, that you play that character, that character is based off of you. I have to ask you, who is the most influential person you've killed? Um, that's really all I got. <laughs> because I could not find anything other than, you know, your, your hunting gear site and all that stuff like that. But that, that's it. That's all that I can operate. find. That operation still top secret, Brian. Yeah, you, you, you that's true. It has not been declassified yet. I heard someone say that the other day. But yeah. okay, so as a group now, it, what you guys do a great show. I, I'm a huge fan. Uh, I know a lot, of, a lot of these people that listen, you know, wish they could probably be in my seat right now, talking to you guys, asking questions. What What is you guys' best podcasting moment? Your 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 favorite show, favorite guest. What What is it, Trevor? Well, it's got to be Masada Yub. Um. Having Masada Yub on our show uh, just, I think, lends us so much credibility and makes us look like we are actually a serious show and um, should be taken seriously. I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, Mass, uh, 
if you if you can if you have his telephone number in your cell phone like I do, and you can reach out to him and say, "Hey, Mass, would you like to be on Slamfire?" and he says, "Sure, young brother," <laughs> you know. Yeah. To yeah. me, to me, I mean, that's a big deal to me, but it's because I'm such a huge fanboy, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, Kelly. Uh, the the best part about podcasting, or the best you, episode, or, or what? Best, your know, favorite show, best podcasting moment. What 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 do you love most about it? What do I what love most about every, it? Yeah, what gets you here every Thursday night? Uh, you don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor saying, "What are we doing?" Um, the best, the best thing about podcasting is the listener feedback, um, both positive and constructive. But the other thing is also the fact that it's really humbling, especially if you go like to the uh, charity shoot and somebody walks up to you and says, "Hey, you know, I heard you on, you know." Slamfire Radio or, or or any other podcast and you know what? Thanks for doing it. It's kind of it's kinda of humbling, but it's kind of awesome too. Um yeah. yeah, but the listener feedback, um I'm yeah, that's the best part I think. Yeah. I have a kind of a moment like that too I want to share, Kelly. Uh the first charity shoot that I went to in Ontario, my old roommate from university was there. Uh, he lived in the area, so he was coming out to meet me, him and his wife. I hadn't seen them in years. And he's like, what's your story, man? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I'm in the parking lot, and people are here talking about you. Is Trevor here yet? And have you seen Trevor and Trevor joke? And uh, like, You're kind of a big said, deal. He's like, Tell me your, give me your story, Trevor. And two hours later, he's like, I really would like to get into the charity shoot because <laughs> Trevor's still talking. It ended, it ended with, you were right, Glocks are better than Sigs. Oh. <laughs> Adriel, other than the free subs that you've been getting lately, what else? Uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of share the same thing as Kelly and Trevor. You know, the, the people I, I work with uh, know what I do. And every once in a while, they'll bump into someone who's into shooting or into hunting or something like that. And they'll say, hey, do you know, uh, do you know a guy named Adriel? And, and sometimes they say yes, and, and, and then they'll, they'll tell me about it. And, I, I, that, you know, that, that kind of blows me away. I'm... I'm from a, a town with less than a thousand people in it, so this <laughs> is it's it's not uh, it's not really something I'm familiar with. Um, I would say, like in, in terms of guests, I really like uh, Rod and Tracy. Actually, Rod and Tracy are, mm. are, are excellent guests. They get their point across uh, in a in a really easy to comprehend manner, and and I really appreciate when they come on because uh, they're just. They're they're very easy to follow, and they've they've got a a goal that they're pushing towards, and it's just really easy to get behind them. Good, good. Yeah, I mean, the, podcasting it seems like it's such a community, and that's what I think. You guys play a big part of it, especially in the Canadian podcasting world, and that's that's one of the things I know a lot of the listeners love, and uh, they tune in for every week because you guys you guys do it great, you do it good. So <clears throat> I just wanted to thank you guys on on behalf of all the other listeners for for getting out there and every week and doing this you know it, you guys like i said you guys are the last the last really the last gun show that i've been listening to this this whole time because you guys are so relatable and friendly and and, and it's it's no reason you guys set the standard honestly for for canadian podcasts so from the listeners to you we really appreciate you guys putting the time and working because it's not easy i know the editing process sucks and, and getting on here and talking it, it's it's hard so we, we really appreciate it so well okay. shout out yeah. to shout out to those three because i haven't i just been dead weight <laughs> i oh, haven't yeah, i haven't done anything as far as editing or recording 
in like two years. These guys carry all the behind the scenes work and I don't thank them enough because I, I, I did it on Action Shooting Radio. I did it here a couple of times and I know it's and they've got it done with science and everything, but still it's the extra commitment that they have to put in beyond just showing up and, and talking. Well, you're, you, yeah. you do a good job in, in QCing and that kind of thing, Trevor. I mean, sometimes you catch where... Uh, you know, Matthew, or, or most most uh, likely I have made a mistake in editing, and <laughs> it's, it's good. Oh, to, it's a uh, great talent. It's a great talent telling somebody about their mistakes. It's wonderful. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll we'll move on here. I got one last thing that I want that, that is not in you guys's normal normal lineup, and I call this the full auto question section. Okay, and I I this is it's rapid American. fire. It is. It's full auto. That's yeah. that's right. So same order. It'll go Trevor, Kelly, Adriel. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna toss it out. Toss out uh, a question. You guys answer it. All right. You want, you want like a one word answer? Yeah. Just short and sweet. If you can do right. that. If you know, so, do you understand? Short and sweet. A short and sweet. I answer. Then Kelly answers. Then Adriel yes. answers. Yep. All right. We're gonna go. All right. All right. Favorite superhero? Oh, Wolverine. Wonder Woman. Batman. Awesome. Favorite comfort food? Pizza. Poutine. Nachos. Favorite caliber? 308. Nine mil. 223. Favorite book? With winning in mind. Uh, Shadow of the Wind. Modern Reloading. <laughs> Second edition. Also, also Fifty Shades of J. I was I was just going to I was going to blurt that one out when Kelly was answering, but I just let it go. <laughs> Uh, 1911 or 2011? Hmm, you're a bastard. I know. <laughs> because I'm a gaming guy and competitive, 2011. 1911. 2011 for me. Trick question, they all suck. <laughs> most, memorable, <laughs> most memorable high school experience? Um, oh. Student council room, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, Emily Dunio. <laughs> Um, four years in Germany. All of them were awesome. I don't know, missing a light pole by inches. <laughs> Oops. Driving. <laughs> Dogs or cats? Cats. Dogs. Poles. I've had them all. Uh, snakes. <laughs> uh, dogs. Mm. Puppies. puppies. I like. I like both, but I don't like cleaning up dog poop in the backyard. So I have a cat. Yeah, yeah. I I thought I was gonna cause like a rift because I knew Trevor had cat. Trevor had cats. Kelly has her dogs, and I thought Adrian was gonna be my divide, my deciding vote there. So I tried to split the split it, but and Matthew uh, has a pile of cats. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, he's not here to. That's true. He doesn't okay. jerk. <clears throat> Movie character that you would like to play out in real life. John Wick. Oh man, yes. you stole the obvious one. <laughs> Uh, Fine, Dirty Harry. Oh, that'd be good. Ooh. You'd be good, Dirty Harry. Uh, let's see. Um, of course, Wonder Woman. Hello. All right. John McClane. <laughs> nice. What would you do for a Klondike bar? <laughs> what wouldn't I do for a Klondike bar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it for Trevor. Uh, what would I do for a Klondike bar? Um, I don't know. Shape my legs. <laughs> don't t- <laughs> I, I would shoot an SKS. <laughs> uh, 
SKS. Hmm. We're collecting money for that, though. Not Klondike bars. I skipped that part. I actually had a note on that one, but. <laughs> Adriel? Uh, Adriel? Nothing. nothing. I hate sweets. Oh, okay. Favorite conspiracy bar. theory? Favorite conspiracy theory? Uh, that uh, 9 11 was an inside job. Oh, man, all those people need medication. Bad. <laughs> Favorite conspiracy theory? Uh, the landing on the moon, I guess. Mm, you're both wrong. Good one. Bigfoot. What? Oh, good one. <laughs> no one said lizard people. That bothers me. <laughs> Come on. Lizard people. They're real. Uh, last one. Biggest pet peeve. <sighs> you don't really have uh, that one. Um, people who get into quasi positions of authority and run things with their ego instead of the best interest of the members. I got personal. <laughs> um, for me, my pet peeve are people who are just downright rude and ignorant. Next. All right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're not that. You're amazing. Uh, I don't know. People who are constantly late and I have to like right. give them the wrong time so that they show up kind of on time. That'd be me. <laughs> Yeah, late. Like, I'm usually the one that that shows up late for for recording. Oh yeah, yeah. That's like true. Getting, like getting your Jeep stuck and then coming back to. Uh, hey hey hey! The, you know what? Oh, uh, when your Jeep. Who That's took right, off on us and left us? A lot of people did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't don't point the takeoff finger. Yeah, that's All right. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's move on. Let's move on because it's been we've been running long here. And I'm sorry about that. Uh, listener feedback. Uh, first one, Adriel, take it away. Oh, I got the short one. Sweet. From Robert. I live in Georgia and listen every week. Love the show. I wanted to give you two gold stars and two Harambe thumbs. Ooh, those are valuable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those would sell for a lot on eBay. Bayonets out for Harambe. Hashtag bayonets out for Harambe. Yeah. Uh, Kelly, want to take Craig's? Sure. Hey, guys. I was reading some positive comments on the 7.62 by 25 round. Is there a decent handgun option in that caliber that you know of? What do you think of the three um, options in the uh, Tradex Canada has in this package on their website? And he provides the website. Have you guys had a chance to look at it at all? I haven't. I did. And it's phenomenal because there's a Beretta 92 in there, like an actual Beretta 92 in (laughs) 9mm. At twelve fifty, it's amazing because if you average it out, all the guns are two hundred and fifty bucks a piece. So mm. it's a no brainer because a Beretta is like nine hundred dollars. Um, yeah, so good deal. Now, as far as another option of handgun in seven point six two by twenty five, other than the Tokarev, um, Narinko makes a knockoff of the Sig. What is it? Two two six or two two nine? Two two six. Two two six, chambered in this round. Mm. So. Not legal for Ipsic, by the way. Just saying. I may or may not know somebody who shot one in a match. Because yeah. the minimum caliber is 9mm. So. Right. Uh, but yeah, so that's that would be a gun that would be a much better option for you than a Tokarev. Because it actually has the feel of a real gun. Yeah, <laughs> and the, yeah, the, the Tokarevs aren't that great to shoot. That Beretta is one of the heel release mags on it. I mean, like... Does it? Yeah, I'm not sure. Mm. Was this... Was this Craig's first pistol or not? Hmm. I guess that that would shape like my recommendation on whether or not to go for it. Um, it's a whole pile of guns in uh, in in one deal. 
Uh, but if you're if you're like looking at your first pistol, I'd I'd maybe go for something else. The 760 by 25 is cheap, but can you shoot steel with that? It's steel core, isn't it? It depends on where it's coming from, where you source it from, right? Put a yeah, stick of magnet so. on it, and you'll know. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure some of it's like I can't remember if it's steel core if it's just fast enough to beat some vests, but uh, it's uh, it's spicy stuff. But yeah, it get, is. You can get those big crates of 2,500 of them for cheap. It's like the cheapest uh, ammo, like uh, centerfire ammo you can get. So, but corrosive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just clean accordingly. Yeah. Now we're we're making fun of the Tokarev, but I mean, there's a rubber grip extension that goes on the Tokarev that completely changes the ergos of that gun. Uh, I've held one and it actually felt good. Hmm. Well, then you just got to work on the sights and uh... yeah, everything else. Yeah, <laughs> everything else. yeah. Just no, shoot I mean, everything like, at three yards. I, I owned uh, oh geez, I've owned two Tokarevs and they're they're okay. They go bang and they're they're kind of fun to shoot. But uh, for a first pistol, uh, for something that you're going to like use use, I would definitely choose. Uh, something else, like one of the well, polymer striker fired bread is in there fine. though. Yeah. There's a bread in there too in there. Yeah, I guess there's a bread in there. Mm. But like in terms of like getting practice in with seven six two by twenty five, you'd have to get one of those Nork Sig clones to to get like good practice in, right? Yeah, otherwise you're just making noise. Yeah. Bang bang. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All right, moving on. Trevor, take uh, Pat. Pat. Pat says hola. Quick question from Newbie Reloader. Nickel or brass? Pros, cons of each. Cheers and take care, folks. So there's, in my opinion, like no difference. Pros of nickel, when it's cleaned up, it looks amazing. Mm. Um, Con to nickel, and I don't know if this is true, but some people think that nickel brass cracks earlier than brass brass. So remember, it's just a brass case that's nickel plated. Um, they look fantastic. Um, some people believe they run smoother through your die. I, I don't know. I load almost exclusively nickel in my nine mil, not because I want to, because I was just given so much of it. Um, and I, you know, whatever brass is brass, really. Um, I can't think of a con uh, for either one. I mean, I don't, I don't even bother tumbling mine. So, I mean, I don't care if it's nickel or brass, it's going to look ugly, but it's going to go bang every time. So. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but uh, do do tumble your brass. Don't be an Adriel. You can damage your diet. I, yeah, I tumble. Yeah, I'm not that lazy. Yeah, clean your stuff. <laughs> so you want know, get all that dirty stuff off of the brass? Oh no, I, I I clean them. Like I I wash my brass off. I don't I don't tumble them or anything like that. I I get the grit off. I don't care about the carbon or whatever else is built up on them. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So yeah, Adriel, uh, since you had that super short one, uh, take this. Uh, Take this next one from Danny. Bites. <laughs> from Danny. Hello, Slamfire hosts. I have convinced my wife, her sister, her mother, and a couple of her friends to get their pals. I introduced my wife to shooting about eight years ago, but we've been putting off getting her license. Her mother and sister have shown interest recently, so I thought it'd be good to, t- to uh, good for them to take the courses at the same time. I was able to find an instructor in Fort Saskatchewan who only charges me $100 per applicant for the course. I will probably go with this guy unless you guys can point me in the direction of an instructor who offers a ladies' class in the Edmonton area. Eh. Uh, I'm in the Edmonton area. I have no idea though. I did my like I did my license. Uh, I did my R Pal eight or nine years ago, and I challenged here's, it. Yeah, here's the thing: this is a government course. You're not going to get a gender specific government course. 
They're, and they're and 100 bucks, that's a pretty good deal. So take it, because I don't know if there is anybody who just does a strictly ladies one. They Sometimes clubs will run them and promote them as ladies, but I don't know if there's anybody that's doing strictly ladies. But you're right, it's, governor, it's a government course, right? Oh, wait a minute. No, Ca- Cabela's might have some of those, because they were doing some ladies-specific courses. I'm just, I don't know if they were going to do a PAL or not, but they they were doing some of those out there. So maybe check with Cabela's. They might have something like that. I'm not quite sure, though. I don't know if you could legally do that in this country, but maybe they are and nobody's complaining. And if they are and she can get in a ladies-only, great. But if you feel that if yeah, if it sounds like you got a couple of people that are interested, so you can pretty much almost fill a classroom with the people that are your wife or mother or sisters. Yeah. Anyways, it's nice because just like going to the bathroom in pairs, we like to do courses in pairs. So. <laughs> I, I have no problem with teaching all ladies classes. I actually enjoy those. Those are actually more fun for us. And typically, they're on days where there's like big. Um, like football games and stuff where men are like, go do whatever you want. We're going to go watch a football game, drink beer. But um, one of the things you got to make sure that it's not the instructor when it comes to teaching women, this is one of my pet peeves is mm-hmm. instructors who instruct women differently than men. Yeah. That's one yeah. of those things you don't want to be, you know, uh, so just watch out for that, you know, uh, mm-hmm. but go ahead keep going. Sorry. Yeah. Oh no, sorry. I was just <laughs> looking at, at the Cabela's events. No, they don't run any ladies specific ones, but it looks like they run a, a course every month and it's also a hundred bucks. So about the same price. Yeah. Uh, moving on here, Kelly, I've heard you mention ladies only courses in the past from your experience. Do you think this is something we should seek out? My wife is definitely no delicate flower, but she gets very distracted and irritated by douchebags in a classroom. My own experience of this kind is uh, in this kind of setting always seems to include a couple of guys who ask dumb questions to show their uh, machismo or alleged firearms knowledge. It seems to only get worse when there's a woman in the room to quote unquote impress. In the ladies only class, there won't be any distracting questions about rechambering an SKS to 300 Win Mag or 4570 <laughs> or 338. Lapua is a better round for coyotes. Uh, I know this is just a rudimentary one-day course, but I also want my wife and her people to get the most out of it. I have three, daughter, uh, three daughters, one, two, and three-year-old, uh, who will also be getting into the sport in a few years. Uh, by the way, I just, found a, uh, I just found your podcast about a month ago, and I'm really enjoying it. Good banter b- b- between the hosts, especially when everyone gangs up on Trevor. I'd like to hear more M14 stuff, because that really has my attention right now especially with John at Wolverine bringing in the former IDF sniper parts kits. Uh, I own three all Nork M14s, right? And right, and they are all set up differently. Wish my tax return had come in time for one of the IDF kits. I'm learning more about pistol shooting thanks to the show, and as I had very little interest before. Keep up the good work. I'll be adding an iTunes review after sending this email. Cheers, Danny. Nice. Cool. Maybe, maybe we need to have an M14 main topic and have, Hungry. I don't know. Maybe someone come up. Oh yeah. yeah there you go. M14. <laughs> yeah. That we can get the history. Course them. I think I've got his email address. That would be amazing. See, I almost, I actually had one ordered one time specifically for the hungry course that filthy was helping put on in New Brunswick, but mm-hmm. the bats that came in, the barrels were blowing off of the receivers or something. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, it was a bad batch. Anyway, yeah. I'm very happy with the one that I have. So yeah, yeah, having, having hungry come on to talk about, you know, a little bit of the history, the differences between the Norks and the Springfields, how to accurize them, 
That would be awesome. Dude's a wealth of knowledge, and he's he's uh, extremely generous with sharing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why don't we see if he can come on? Yeah. The way the way Hungry described one of Filthy's buddies, he looked at the work that Filthy's buddy does, and he said, "Basically, I'm teaching writing, and this dude's teaching calligraphy." Hmm. Yeah. So that's uh, deep. Yeah, because yeah. this guy this guy is really into refinishing them and removing unnecessary narinko marking and polishing the way the tool marks and. Um, Parkerizing everything so it matches, and just he he rebarrels uh, M14s in calibers like twenty two two fifty, like it's nuts. Mm. Cool, Kelly. Okay, yeah, you're up. Okay, thanks, thanks. Uh, this one's from Tom. Hi guys, haven't listened to the show in a while, but got cut up. Got caught up recently. Love the topics that have been discussed the last few months. Keep up the good work. I'm also glad I was able to find you on Google Play. Woohoo! Uh, I have a quick question about duck hunting. Last season was my second season duck hunting and uh, ducks and geese. And my friend who is also a beginner, and my friend who is also a beginner, our first season uh, we were slaying ducks left, right. Uh, but last season... I think we shot over 150 rounds and got four ducks and one goose between the two of us. Well, what are we doing wrong? Perhaps our beginner's luck has worn off, Tom. That sounds so, like they're not letting the ducks get close enough because if well, they're shooting that, much, that many times, they're probably like just outside the, the range of their shot. Oh, yeah. So they did shoot 150. I was going to say, are they not seeing the ducks? They're seeing them. They're shooting. But, yeah, they're, they're 150 not rounds. Close not yeah. close enough. Let them come in. Side alignment trigger press. <laughs> Yeah, and f- and follow through because this follow is waterfowl. Through. Yeah, uh, if, if if you shot a hundred fifty, it's it's more than just like the shooting. It's it's got to be so- you're shooting a couch like at a at a duck, right? It's a big bad area of like kill zone that's going out there. Mm. Uh, if if they're not hit, if they're not taking anything down, it's likely because they're outside of range. And if they're out of range, you're you're just not going to knock them down. Yeah, check all the obvious stuff. Make sure you got the right choke in your gun. Make sure you're using the right ammunition. And if all the equipment is squared away and you can shoot, then and you're seeing ducks, then I think it's definitely what Adriel said. Let them come in. Yeah. I mean, if, if you want a quick check on like whether your shotgun's fitting you and your sight alignment, in, to go bust some clays, right? Go bust some clays and, and do them from a couple of different positions and see if you can, if you can bust them. Prompt. You should be getting like... Definitely do it prone. Prone, yeah. uh, supine. <laughs> uh, try it, try them seated if, if you want. If you want something that's like a little bit more closer to what you're going to see duck hunting, do it seated and see if you can still bust them. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you should you should be uh, ha- with a higher hit factor than uh, than that when you're when you're out there. Keep in mind, not all trap clubs will let you shoot from a chair or prone. You might want to do this on crown land. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, with, like, um, if if this is off range on on Crown Land, you can get your buddy with one of those hand throwers, and you can really try some very different throws and see if you can bust them. You should be busting like twenty twenty plus out of twenty five, right? And if you're doing that, and you're still not taking the ducks and the geese down, they must be out of range, or maybe the the shot's wrong, or or the choke choke's wrong, or something. Yeah, and see, this is why I don't hunt waterfowl because I think my best trap round is seventeen out of twenty five. Hmm. Which I heard that one time a one-eyed, one-handed shooter did that. So, <laughs> so. Hey, it's much better than I have done. So I was out shooting with some guys, and someone brought out a 12-inch barreled 
uh, uh, what do you call Fred. it? Fred. Pistol grip shotgun yeah. and started busting clays with the thing. And it had no choke. It was, it was cylinder bore on it. You had to aim it like a pistol. <laughs> and he was, yeah. he was busting clays. Now, you can talk. <laughs> that really puts people in their place when they're like, ah, I don't know. This is really hard. It's like, no, it's not. Look at this guy. <laughs> yeah. No, some people got a talent for it. I mean, I got a lot of things working against me. Uh, I'm cross-eyed dominant and still insist on shooting off my right shoulder and trying to do it with both eyes open and then close one eye. And yeah, Kelly, you said that was better than you can do, but I shot for like a whole season almost every Sunday. <laughs> Muffin was running the trap for a while and I was out there all the time. How'd that little kid do? Um... I think he was put up for adoption in the end. I'm not really sure. <laughs> he can, he can, Ooh, he can shoot. Oh, that kid. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Uh, he he beat Jason and won Jason's shotgun, and he's yeah. still he's still grounded. <laughs> so, yeah. No, he's too late. He's turned into a lazy teenager. He doesn't go anywhere or do anything anymore. Oh. So he hasn't shot in forever. It's it's a phase, I'm sure. I hope so. Yeah. All right, Trevor, this one's to you. Okay, this is from Chris, and he says, Trevor, you may want to make sure that you can get brass into Canada for this cartridge to try making some before you get it. He's talking about 7.62 by 40. I converted 200, 300 blackout this past weekend, and it was a little bit of a pain. I was able to get a 300 blackout chamber for the world's finest trimmer. Oh, that nice. helped a lot. I did a uh, where am I here? I moved. I did. I did use a, uh, a saw to chop off the two, two, three brass, where the body and the shoulder meet before sizing. It would be a real pain to use the hand trimmer to cut them down. Yeah. Thanks again, everyone, for the goodish show. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving you two thumbs up in addition to the furless lots legs <laughs> that I gave last time, Chris from North Winter. So Chris is talking about. Um, the challenges that I might face when trying to either make 7.62 by 40 brass or purchase it. Uh, Chris, I don't know if you've tried this method yet for your 300 blackout, but here's what a friend of mine does. He's got the world's finest trimmer in the chuck of his drill press. He takes a regular 223 brass case, lubes it, removes the decapping pin from his 300 blackout die, runs the entire 223 case up into the 300 blackout die, and then takes that case, doesn't chop it on a chop saw, and runs the whole thing up into his world's finest trimmer. He's replaced the end mill with a carbide steel uh, end mill, which is going to last a lot regular and the, a lot longer than the regular tool steel one. And that's all he does, two steps. Resizes the case in the die and then runs it into the trimmer. Man, he's going to have a pile of brass shavings all around his, his world's trimmer. Yeah, he's got the uh, the shop back at the ready. Um, uh, I know nice. a lot of guys are doing three steps. They're taking the decapping pin out of the um, 300 blackout die, running the 223 case in there, then taking it to the chop saw, and then hitting it in the world's finest trimmer, which really I think is the way I'm going to do it because, yeah, man, I'll have brass. Oh, carbide bit or not you're still creating a lot of brass but anyway all over your like arms and into your yeah. clothes and yeah everywhere and yeah, not everywhere. all not all 223 brass is suitable for making 300 blackout cases there's a list online on one of the uh, blackout websites that tells you like avoid this manufacturer or this head stamp because the walls are too thick and then it makes the neck too thick and you have to turn the neck so that's no hmm. so you know, I'll get this next one it's to me too 
Yep. From Randy, he says, Trevor, I heard you mention that you're having trouble stabilizing a certain weight bullet. I don't remember the specifics, but I had the same problem using 55 grain full metal jacket boat tail in my 22 Hornet with a 1 in 16 twist rifling. After thinking about it, I realized that if I used a flat base bullet, uh, I would have slightly more bearing surface in contact with the rifling. Long story short, it worked Randy. So Randy, um, it's a Thompson Center Venture Predator with a 1 in 12 twist uh, rifling in the barrel, which means that it's going to like a lighter bullet as opposed to like a 1 in 9 twist like the Savage Axis. Uh, and the bullets I'm currently using are VMAX, which are a flat base. So I, th- I think I wonder, it's just twist you know, with a, with a flat base, that's going to make a shorter overall bullet, right? And the, the twist affects the length, like a, a longer bullet is something that needs more twist, right? It's not just the weight. Yeah, it's bearing surface, right? You look at the bearing surface on a forty caliber bullet, and you look at the bearing surface on a sixty-two grain or forty grain bullet versus a sixty-two grain bullet, a one ninety grain three hundred eight bullet versus a one fifty three hundred eight grain bullet. It's bearing surface. Uh, are you sure? Because the, the the bearing surface, like if you stripped the like if if you went and and if you shot it into a, like a sand pile or something like that and went and looked at it and you could see that uh it it wasn't twisting properly that'd be one thing but i think a, a flat base bullet will be a little bit more squat in uh in dimensions it won't be as tall as a as a boat tail and i think that would affect the uh the stability right is the length of it longer bullets need to be twisted uh need more twist to achieve stability yeah, heavier bullet. If you put a 168 grain Amax next to a 178 grain Amax, they're the same shape, but naturally the 178 grain is longer because it has yeah. more lead in there to give it more weight. So mm-hmm. because it's longer, it has more bearing surface. Right, but I'm talking about like the difference between like a flat base versus boat tail. The boat tail will always be longer because it's got that little. Yeah, extra but the bearing, bearing, the boat tail is not contacting the rifling, and so his point is the flat base bullet is going to provide more surface area. If you have, let's say you have a 55 grain bullet, that's a boat tail, and a 55 grain bullet, that's a flat base, they'll probably actually have the same bearing surface because the boat tail is not touching. So are we arguing about the same thing? I'm saying we I'm are. saying that. Yeah. <laughs> we are now. I'm saying that <laughs> a shorter bullet needs less saying. twist, right? Regardless of bearing surface. Yep, that's right. Okay. Yep. We're arguing about the same thing. We're, we're violently we're agreeing with each other. I don't. Well, I am holding a firearm, but I don't think we escalated to violence. <laughs> Not this time. And I am pointing at a map with Alberta on it, but again, I don't. It's all unrelated. There's a gopher there. Just completely unrelated. <laughs> <clears throat> if you would like to send an email to the show, please send that email to slamfireradio at gmail dot com. iTunes reviews doesn't look like we have any more. Nope. Um, yeah, nope. we'll see. Princess did check, but nope. Oh uh, well. We need to get some more iTunes reviews in there. I'm sure you'll get some negative ones after this episode that I've kept you all extremely long and and it being completely unrelated to guns most of the time. But uh, go ahead and please leave those five-star ratings. You've got 145 stars so far. And go ahead and uh, drop them a review in there. I know it sucks. The iTunes market is really hard to leave a review. But if you take the time to do it, they would really appreciate it. 112 from Canada, 30 from the United States, one from Austria, uh, one from the United, uh, UK, uh, one from Lithuania, and one from Belgium. That's what we have so far, correct? Yep. yep. Okay, cool. Um, make it funny, you might hear it on the show. If you just write in, it sounds like you're just going to make it on the show. 
So <laughs> thank you very much to all who already sent sent emails in. Please do it again. Uh, shout outs. You guys got any shout outs? Yeah, to you. Thanks for um, coming on. Absolutely. It was fun. Yeah. It was fun. I'm I'm like I said, I was happy to come on and I'm just to take a stab at hanging out with you guys again. So um, Patreon supporters. Got a new one. Steve T. Steve T, if you're hearing this uh, within the week, uh, email in your address so we can send you a badge and a sticker. Oh, right. Actually, actually, I do have a shout out. Archie Perry, if you're out there anywhere, even if you're still living in your truck, if you can get Wi-Fi at the local Timmy's, send me an email because I have a 1911 for you. Ooh. It's currently being refitted. (laughs) I've had it for a while. And I got tired of looking at it. It was like, I wonder if Archie would like two-tone. I don't think he'd like two-tone. Off to the gunsmith. So Archie, <laughs> here's what's going to happen, buddy. You're either going to get a uh, polished, parkerized 1911 or hopefully a hot-blued 1911. Mm. But when he, Yeah, so he's like, any metal that's magnetic, you can hot-blue. All right, sure, if you say so, you're the gunsmith. I don't know these things. One of my scientists. So I get over there. And uh, the this the slide is done really nice, and it's a deep, nice, dark, uh, you know, blue, uh, hot blue job. And the frame is kind of gray, and not yeah. finished as nicely. So he's like, uh, "Well, let's see." Uh, he took it over to his buffing wheel, buffed the finish off, exposed the bare steel, and did a little test with cold bluing chemical, and it didn't respond. So I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. So he's going to strip both the uh, slide and the frame and throw them into the hot blue tank and hope for the best. If it doesn't work, he'll strip it again and uh, parkerize it. And a parkerized 1911 doesn't look bad. So, so yeah, hurry up and claim your gun, Archie. Otherwise, I'm going to keep customizing it and make it mine, and then you ain't getting it. <laughs> so, and we, we All just right. update, period, know if you're stable and stuff yet. Yeah, that'd be cool. Cool to hear from him. All right, current Patreon supporters, you guys want me to read all these? Yeah. <laughs> nope. Yes. Okay. I thought I said you, yes. I said oh, yes. I, I, you cut out there. Dan S., Josh D., Andrew Y., Morgan S., Patrick G., yes, another Patrick G., Daniel S., Patrick G., Howard T., Brian B., Dave J., Michael B., Clayton G., Robert K., Colin H., Dave Z., Mr. Uzi, a.k.a. Thomas B., Jason P, Dalton H, Jonathan S, Tyler A, Richard D, Rob B, Thomas S, Chad G, Kevin L, Ryan B, Adrian R, Mike R, Mark P, Justin D, Miss Stacy, Spencer C, Byron A, and James B. Nicely done. Thank you guys for supporting, and um, hopefully we'll get some more, uh, some new Patreon supporters for you guys later. So, or lose right. some now. Yeah, actually, you might. I don't know. <laughs> I doubt it. Signing off. All right, this this is my job, I guess. Right? Yep. Um, this is where I this is where I thank you guys for letting me come on and and just hang out tonight with you. Um, everyone else, thank you for downloading, listening, some sub- subscribing. And uh, you guys got anything else to say? Just my turn to show you, oh man, you did an amazing job. Yeah. This yeah. was a lot of fun. It was a little different, but it was good to mix it up. You know, uh, it's hard to be creative week after week, and I you knocked it out of the park. Thank you well, very much. I, all the listeners need to know this is a lot harder than it sounds. At times, I was actually sitting here thinking to myself, like, I, I, I'm not actually listening to him. I need to respond here before too long. <laughs> and I also listen to you guys at like one and a half speeds. And I'm like, God, they, they talk so slow. <laughs> oh. I take back most of what I just said. 
Close <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys again for letting me come on. And everyone else out there listening, thanks again. You guys have a great night. Bye. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun. Oh, slow down, Brian. You're not leaving yet. You forgot to give us the dirt on McClatchy, whether he's here or not. I don't care. Let's hear it. What did you oh. dig up on him? Well, well, I forgot all about that. Yeah, it was my, my fault. I missed it. You know, so he's, you know, obviously the official podcast pilot. So you guys stuck him on the on the jet and everything that you guys are buying later with all the Patreon money I heard. So, but yeah. once upon a time, do you guys know he was like legit kind of into paintball, like hardcore? Hardcore, he shot on a team, yeah, called yeah. Uh, Canadian <laughs> A or Canada A or something like Canada that. Canada A, yeah, yeah, yeah. And did you guys know that he worked for a repo company at one point? What? <laughs> that, that, yeah, yeah. McClatchy so the repo man? Uh, he apparently he helped get into the locked cars. That was that was kind of the dirt that I got on him at one point. Maybe maybe it's, maybe my sources are wrong, but I don't think it's perfect. Windows. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah, so, Trevor locks his keys in his cars. And- <laughs> exactly. This is why the Ferlacci works so well together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, I, I, you know, I was kind of thinking about that. It was just like, I, I can't, I couldn't believe it. But yeah, I, apparently that's what happens. And uh, yeah. So, uh, so he was a legitimate car thief. He was, uh, he was allowed, allowed to steal cars legitimately. So yeah. I, I just, I was kind of really hoping to go deep into that and, and really figure out where that comes from. But yeah, Re- McClatchy, the repo guy. So <laughs> I, McClatchy's had a lot of careers, I think. Or, sorry, jobs. Jobs. There's <laughs> a difference. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's, and I was really, like I said, I'm, I'm sad he missed it, but his, his tummy hurts. So, you know. Yeah. 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 Is that all you got on McClatchy? That's all you could dig up? That's really it. I mean, other than I wanted, really wanted to go deep into that warning shot and how bad it was a bad idea and make fun of him, but oh, that yeah. was it. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's all I got. All Good all stuff. I got. All right, cool. All right.